And now, introducing the man who henceforth will only be known as Glenn Ozark Clark. When asked why, he said, Jason Bateman is the best Bateman of all time. I've known some Batemans in my day, and he sure is the master Bateman. He'll launder your money and do your taxes. He is Glenn Ozark Clark. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. My apologies. I know we're running a little bit late today. A um, lot going on. We have actually have a full house. It's like, it's like all the kids came home for Christmas this weekend as um, both Lil Jordan and Cassidy are here this morning. We're trying to um, see a little bit of everything. Uh, trying to get Cassidy to learn a little bit more about what it is that uh, Paul does on his side of things. and Jordan, I've just given up hope for him. Jordan just sort of comes in. like He's just sort of here now. As we said, he's just sort of like your friend that is just there at all times. And you're like, who brought him? Like, How did he end up part of our group? No French fries today. Yeah, that is weird. It's really throwing me off. By the way, is that a is that a Danny jersey that you're wearing over there? Is that yeah, there it is. Of course, of course it is. Of course that's the jersey he's rocking today. Um like I, again, I've talked about this before. You have a group of friends and someone's there and like years down the road you're like, "How did you how did you become part of our group of friends exactly? Like how who did you know that brought you into this group of friends and nobody knows the answer to it?" And the thing is, by that far down the road, you're such a ubiquitous part of the group that you don't bother like doing any of the work to get the answer any longer. It's, it's the type of thing you think about when they're not around. Like when Jordan's not around, Paul and I'll be like, how did Jordan get here? Like, how did he just become part of this? I have this, there's a, we have a friend named Melissa and she knows everybody I know, but I don't know who it is that brought her into our group of friends. I have no clue. I couldn't tell you with my life on the line. How we started hanging out with her. But she's always there. I like She's part of the furniture. It's the way it goes. You're like, oh, there's Melissa. It's great to see her. I love her. But I have no idea why she's one of our friends. I couldn't tell you. And that's the way I feel about Jordan sometimes. He's just kind of here. Like, he's just part of the deal, man. Like, it's the way it goes. Good morning. <sighs> that's That was what I had prepared. I, that's the end of my prepared shtick for the day. So I'm going to need somebody else to... To get involved and uh, and help out and, uh, and and pick it up from there and see how things go, we got a lot to do on the program today. Coming up, we are going to uh, catch up with John Jansen, uh, who is part of the Michigan broadcast crew. We're going to talk more about the Ravens' new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, who is now officially like hired and is going to be the guy. No more might be, no more whatever. He is going to be the uh, the coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens moving forward. We'll talk to John Jansen a little bit more about what Mike McDonald brought to the Wolverines a season ago and why it was they were one of the best defenses in all of college football. We're going to do that here in just a few minutes. Also later on this morning, we are going to chat with Bruce Billick, the GM of the FanDuel Sportsbook down at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Of course, Live Casino and Hotel is the place to be to watch the championship games this weekend. You can get that in-game betting going. I'm really excited to talk to Bruce about some of the uh, the parlays that you can do on both games. Like, I, There was one yesterday that really jumped off the page at me. You could bet that all four teams playing in the two championship games will score at least one touchdown and one field goal. What are the chances that any of these four teams don't score at least one touchdown and one field goal during the course of the game. Honestly, tell me which of these four teams doesn't do it. Maybe the 49ers because you're like, well, a week ago they struggled. Well, they still did that. They still scored at least one touchdown and one field goal in the, the snow and the miserable cold of Green Bay. Now they're playing in front of their home crowd in Los Angeles. So I, I would like to think, that's what it's going to be, it's going to be a home crowd. I would like to think 
that in uh, a little bit more climate control, they would have no problem finding themselves a bit more successful when it comes to offense. I love that bet, but we'll talk more about it with Bruce Billick, and then I will uh, go lose some more money this weekend at the FanDuel Sportsbook because I was unlucky with my bets a week ago. And also coming up this morning, we are going to uh, chat with uh, Jim Nagy. I always do this. Jim Nagy, I'm sorry. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. That's next week down in Mobile. Uh, Missed him yesterday, but we're going to chat with Jim Nagy today to preview what's going on down there and what prospects Ravens fans should be keeping their eyes on in relation to the number 14 pick. So that's all coming up on the show today. Quickly, two things. One, yes, Mike McDonald is the guy. We'll talk more about it here in a second with John Jansen. Um, You know, as we talked about yesterday when we thought this might be the case, everything about it is very logical. This is someone who came up through the Ravens sort of system, traversed the path. It makes sense. It, it's not technically an internal promotion, which is what they've always done because he wasn't here last year, but it might as well be an internal promotion. He was the guy who was going to be next in line, if you will, before he left to take the Michigan job. Then he looked like a billion dollars at Michigan last season. He looked incredible uh, leading the Michigan defense, which was the singular reason why they were any good this year because Lord knows it was not what they were doing offensively. Um, so bully it, it makes sense will it create a drastically different strategy I think that's been the big question about what the Ravens would do with this defensive coordinator hire particularly would they shift to more of a 4-3 and try to get more pressure from the four down linemen than they have been getting in the past I don't know uh, Mike McDonald's going to have a press conference early next week presumably he's going to lay that out but we'll talk more about that with John Jansen and what it is that we should expect from Mike McDonald uh, schematically as defensive coordinator. I, I, I would assume that Mike McDonald will be given the flexibility to discuss if he wants to make some other changes. That's typically the way something like this would work. He would have the authority. He would have the ability to say, like, hey, I, you know, when I was here, I just really didn't think that much of this person. I think we'd be better suited going with someone else in this role. And I would think that as a coordinator – you would at least be able to give input to who the other defensive coaches are. Would you have final say? I don't know, but I would think that he'd be able to give some input, so we'll see if there are more changes coming to the Ravens' defensive staff in the coming weeks. The other thing I want to talk about is this insane thing that people are losing their minds about from an interview that Ed Reed did with Morton Anderson. I'm just going to take a literally a a very short detour here to have a conversation about it. And then we're not going to talk about it anymore because it really doesn't even warrant this much. I love Ed Reed. Who doesn't love Ed Reed? Very controversial thing I want to say this morning. I'm an Ed Reed guy. I I like him. Very controversial, highly charged thing I want to throw out there. I really like me some Ed Reed. I know it's just another sports guy flapping his gums and saying something, but I'm an Ed Reed guy. Fan. Uh, there I did. I said it. I said I can't take it back now. I said it. In loving Ed Reed, I think that sometimes um, we want to believe that, well, if Ed Reed says something, it means more than if so-and-so says something. Well, maybe if he actually says something. And he didn't actually say anything. What we did, a couple of people on the Internet who had an agenda, took what Ed Reed's... It literally said... uh, Ed Reed could have said, I like computers, right? And these people on the internet would have been like, See? He thinks John Harbaugh stinks! 
because there's a couple of people on the internet that just really don't like John Harbaugh and are desperate to find anybody that agrees with them. Anybody that will say, and, and they'll just take anything and say, this proves that I'm right. At no point did Ed Reed say John Harbaugh is a bad coach. It didn't happen. He told a, a unique anecdote about the issues that they had in 2008 and 2009 in relation to John Harbaugh and his style of coaching, which was at the time far more like his brother than it is today. And frankly, there were a lot of people within the Ravens organization that were rubbed the wrong way by John Harbaugh in the first couple of years that he was in Baltimore. He came in with a very, um, uh, I think the term that the kids use, uh, uh, Cassidy and, and, and Jordan, you can tell me, it's the, the pick-me right attitude that the, the kids talk about anymore. He came in very much um, making a stir and we're going to do things differently, and it really rubbed some people very much the wrong way. In fact, even within the Super Bowl season, after a loss, he wanted to run everybody out for full padded practices that week, and we've talked openly about how there was a player mutiny within the Super Bowl season. Now, the mutiny has always been way too strong a word, and even the players have pushed back at that. Like, no, it wasn't a mutiny. Like, we weren't all going to quit the team. We just sort of said, we need to talk about this. You need to listen to us and say, we're beat up. You're not playing the game. We are. We're beat up. We're not going out and having full padded practices this week. And he did. And I don't know if you heard they went on to win the Super Bowl that, that year. I'm not sure if, if you guys – it was in all the papers. I would have liked the thought that maybe you heard about it. There were real issues between Ravens players and John Harbaugh when John Harbaugh arrived. There has always been this thing that has lingered related to John Harbaugh and strong personalities. The notion that John Harbaugh doesn't like having strong personalities on the football team and has tried to run them out of town. The only actual evidence of that, or the only actual debatable evidence of that, would be the Ravens trading away Anquan Bolton, which, as we all know, was the dumbest decision in the history of the franchise and will never be able to go back and redo it, right? And, like, it's... I, I, I don't like talking about it any longer because it we're a decade removed. It's the dumbest thing anywhere. I don't I can't, I can't compare it. It's dumber than signing Alejandro Villanueva to give context. It was the dumbest thing this organization has ever done. It was not just John Harbaugh saying Anquan Bolden's got too strong a personality. I don't want him around. Ozzie Newsom was very much behind, if not more behind, the moving on of Anquan Bolden. Because Ozzie Newsom decided he wanted Anquan Bolden a certain number, and Anquan Bolden wouldn't play for that number. And Ozzie Newsom, very much wanting to be the smartest person in the room, said, well, that's what I think you're worth, and if you're not going to play for that, I'm moving on. He screwed it up. Period. He screwed it up. Now, would I like to think that like other people internally would have stepped in and said, uh-uh, we ain't doing this. It's different conversation. But thinking that John Harbaugh individually alone was the reason they moved on from Anquan Bolden is not factually accurate. I joked about this on Twitter this morning. I, too, share the very strong opinion that a franchise is better when you have generational talents on the field. Again, hot take artist over here. Just guy flapping his gums. I'd much rather have generational talents all over the football field. I know, crazy, crazy that I would say something like that. I would love for the Ravens to draft a Ray Lewis and an Ed Reed and a Terrell Suggs and a Marshall Yonda and a Haloti Nada with their next five draft picks. That would be wonderful. Sign me up. Are they available? 
You, you, we'll ask uh, Jim uh, Nagy a little bit later on in the show. I would love if that were the case. If the next five players they drafted proved to be just as good as all of those guys. When you have players that are that good, you know what that comes with? A bit more respect in the locker room. Because, you know, that's Ray Lewis. Believe it or not, as respected as Josh Bynes and LJ Ford are in the locker room. And don't get me wrong, they're respected. Ray Lewis is going to be a bit more. So, yes, I'm all for having generational talents in the locker room. I do think that would help. That's a very controversial statement that Ed Reed made, and you guys are right to freak out about it yesterday. Come on. I, we're just not this obtuse. I r- refuse to believe that. Well, some of us very cl- never never mind. Some of us very clearly are. Others of us are willing to play along, are just willing to play along for attention for whatever reason. Love Ed Reed. I'd listen to Ed Reed talk about just about anything. But the notion that Ed Reed said something yesterday that was controversial or that was suggesting that John Harbaugh is a bad coach, stop. Get the F out of here. He said nothing of the sort. Not remotely. But if you like listening to Ed Reed talk about football and tell stories, I'd encourage you to go watch Morton Anderson's podcast. Plus, you get to hear Morton Anderson's uh, Louisiana drawl. And that, by the way, delightful. Just delightful. I'd listen to him. Like the way I listen to John Miller talk about baseball all day, I'd listen to Morton Anderson talk about just about anything all day because I get to hear that Southern draw. All right. Let's talk more about the uh, Ravens' new defensive coordinator. Joining us now, a man who knows a thing or two. Of course, we know a thing or two about Mike McDonald from all the time that he spent in Baltimore, but he actually knows a thing about uh, or two about him leading a defense because he was in Ann Arbor last season as a part of the radio broadcast crew and a podcast host as well for the University of Michigan, radio host up that way. He is, of course, a former NFL offensive tackle. He is John Jansen, and he's with us now here on GCR. John, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's great to hear from you guys. And uh, I, we're already talking about next football season. I know that uh, both of our teams are, are out, and, and mm. I can't wait to uh, – you know, to start talking about drafts, start talking about free agency, all of that stuff. But uh, now it's uh, it's hiring season. Right, it is hiring season. I, I was going to say, when you say your football team, are you referring to Michigan or the Lions? Because I would say that w- I would think that covering the Lions makes you a little bit more comfortable with having these conversations this time of year. Maybe more like week twelve, probably is when you start having these conversations most season. Yeah, it seems like for Detroit, you know, when you're talking about hiring season, it's, it's generally firing season between weeks one and, and 16, and then hiring season, and, right. and the last Super Bowl begins after that. Right, correct. The most important, the most wonderful time of the year, I believe, is what they call it, John. I think there's a song about it. All right, um, John, we want to talk, of course, about Mike McDonald, who will be the Ravens' next defensive coordinator, and everything about it makes all the sense in the world. He's someone who came up through Baltimore. He was on the trajectory to get a job like this um, and then detours to go work with John Harbaugh's brother for a season. Just in terms of, uh, I guess there's still an unknown, right? So before we talk about Mike the person, were you at all surprised? One of the things we talked about this week was, well, do we know what Jim Harbaugh's doing, and was that at all a factor in, in Mike McDonald and making his decision? Is there still, like, internally up that way, any debate about whether or not Jim Harbaugh's going to be back, or is the belief that, no, he's not going to take any of these NFL jobs, that's just him trying to get more attention, more money from Michigan? I don't think it has anything to do with Jim Harbaugh. I think he, you know, Jim is, is a different guy, and he knows he's under contract. 
there's rumored to be an extension sitting on his desk um, and, and all of those factors. But I've had a number of conversations with him, and you know he's never going to answer anything directly. But all indications from him talking about his recruiting class, on the road recruiting right now, bringing in an assistant coach and Mike Elston, uh, indicate to me that – and the rumors around the building are the fact that he's going to be back. And I don't think that Mike McDonald leaving – um, you know, is a factor in regards to that. Okay. Now, Mike McDonald coming in last year obviously was able to get help get this Michigan program on the right track. And the questions coming in are probably the same questions you have at the NFL level. Could he put together a defensive game plan when he was the one that was tasked with doing that? Not just being a part of it, but the guy that had to put his final seal of approval. Could he make those calls during the game? And he obviously, you know, was able to develop players. Uh, David Ojabo is a great example of that. Yes, he was a, a good athlete, but had really not been on the field. So he checked a lot of boxes. And the question is, when he came in last year being so young and never having called the defense before, could he do it? Now, we know that answer at the college level. Can he do it at the NFL level? Uh, but again, we'll, we'll find out. And timing plays such a big part of this. They probably would have liked for him to have another year or two of seasoning. But they decided to move on from their defensive coordinator, and McDonald is right there. All right, so let's talk about what he actually did as a coordinator, John. Um, what, schematically, obviously it helps to have some good players, right? Like there's, there's never going to be a debate about that when it comes to being a great coordinator. But what did he do schematically, and what was so clearly different when he was there that allowed this Michigan defense to be clearly one of the best in the country and get them all the way to the college football playoff? Well, there's two things that I think were different about this year's football team defensively for Michigan. One of them was the preparation. When you were on the sidelines and you heard him talking to his players, shouting things from the sideline, his assistant coach is doing the same thing, they were calling things out that were eventually going to happen. The anticipation from you know hours of film study and preparing the players, knowing what is coming, I think the players understood better the game plan. Um, so I thought that was that was really good and and a huge part of the success. The other was what he was able to do in the secondary. Now, when you have the ability to rush four and get home with a couple of guys, it allows you to drop seven and you can be very creative in the secondary. But there were times where he would bring Dax Hill. Um, from the secondary he would bring Josh Ross or a number of other linebackers but he was always changing up the coverages one of the things Michigan struggled with for the past five or six years was in the secondary they couldn't match up with teams like Ohio State Notre Dame Michigan State guy teams that had speed on the back end and not just one receiver but a you know a, a whole room that could go out there and win games he was able to change the stress points of the defense and make sure that the opposing quarterback and the, and the receivers didn't know what was coming. There was no anticipation. He solved some of the, the questions about, you know, playing against Ohio State and the fact that, you know, those crossing routes, he found an, an answer for that. So there were a number of things schematically in the secondary that I thought he was extremely good at creating problems for opposing offenses. Was there a, like, were they running a base 3-4 the way that the Ravens have been running for years, or, or, or did, did he change that at all last season at Michigan? No, it was basically a, a base 3-4. Now, they did change it a little bit because Aiden Hutchinson 
allowed for that. Um, yeah. He's a guy that wasn't just a, an outside, uh, you know, outside linebacker rushing the passer. He wasn't just a guy that put his hand in the dirt or stood up and, and rushed the passer. He was a guy that could also play defense. So he had the opportunity to change things up, change the looks up front. But pr- basically uh, the premise was even if they moved guys around, it was still three, four personnel. Uh, but again, he was very creative in how he used them uh, and creating matchups that were favorable to to Michigan and the skill set for the individuals that he had. Well, it sounds like it's not a, a particularly drastic difference between what they've been doing in Baltimore for years. And that, I think that was one of the things we were wondering this week, John, is would the Ravens be purposely looking for someone who would come in and completely rip things up and do things differently? And I don't know that Mike McDonald, again, someone who has been in, in been here for years, is necessarily the guy that's going to do that. John Jansen with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. We're talking about the Ravens' new defensive coordinator. John, the, the, you know, I think a lot of people bring up Mike McDonald's age, right? Like, he's a, he's a young man. You know a thing or two about this. Um, it's a little bit different when you're dealing with, with college kids, right? Like, you're significantly – I got two college kids sitting at the desk with me right now because they're, they're interning right now. I, it, it's, a, it's quite different when you're dealing with older guys. Knowing what you know about Mike McDonald, the person, how do you think his age will, will impact, if anything, if at all, as a defensive coordinator at the NFL level? I think if – if he was in the same position, let's just say 10 years ago, I think there's been a lot of eyebrows in the locker room, a lot of eyebrows in that meeting room when he walks in because it just hadn't happened. Now you're seeing head coaches that are, are young. Um, you're seeing you know coordinator positions, position coaches that are much younger than when I played in the league and that you had even 10 years ago. I mean, heck, I, I know it's a, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but Tom Brady last week was – older than a majority of the coaches that were coaching against him. So it, the, the whole concept of, you know, younger coaches, new ideas, being a little bit more, um, I guess you might say daring um, and using analytics more than going with the gut, uh, I think is, is where you're, where this is all headed. And I mean, not headed, we're there now. So going into a meeting room as a 34, 35, 36-year-old coach, I don't think it has the same feeling as it would 10 years ago. Guys aren't going to have any issue with that. The issue is going to be, can you coach? Mm-hmm. And when, when things are tough, what type of decisions do you make? How can we build trust? And if he can do that, which I believe he can, there won't be any issue. I'm assuming, you know, it, it sounds like Michigan fans, and I, I, it would make sense, are, are bummed. They're disappointed by this. That, you know, it, it, it seems like a significant loss to the Michigan football community. Well, it is. And this is where I think youth does make a, a big difference. And that's in the college game is, you know, when he came in, obviously the results speak for themselves. So when you lose a coach off of that coaching staff, it's disappointing. But you also realize that when you have that success, Coaches that are on your staff are going to be sought after. So it's, it's kind of a catch-22. The other thing that I think most people are disappointed at, recruiting in college football right now is a young man's game. It has completely changed. You're yeah. not only recruiting the players that you normally would be recruiting, but you're recruiting your own roster because of the transfer portal. Um, the, the, the rules have been loosened in terms of when you can talk to recruits, when you can't, how you can talk to them, whether it's text, Twitter, uh, you know, or other social media, it is unbelievable the, the the amount of time that is required to recruit the next recruiting class. And not only that, but hell, you're recruiting two, three, four years down the road, and 
you need a young man's energy to do that. Mike McDonald fit that bill to a T, and losing him, not only are you losing a great coach, but you're losing a great recruiter, a guy that has the energy to do it. All right, John, before I let you go, I don't think the Ravens are going to have a chance to repair him with uh, with Aiden Hutchinson. I don't think that's going to be on the table. But uh, tell me a little bit about David Ajobo, who's, who's kind of this weird name going into draft season, and there's a relationship now with the Ravens' defense coordinator. He knows a thing or two about him. Might be interesting for the Ravens, the 14th pick. And, you know, he was tweeting the other day about uh, how much he loves Dafe Owe, and they've got this uh, Nigerian connection. But, you know, we also know that there are people that are like, hey, David Ajobo literally has one season of success that we're talking about. I'm not sure he's really a first-round pick. What is David Ajobo to you after seeing how he just sort of came out of nowhere a year ago and had this monster season? Well, he's only played football for five years. So when you talk about inexperience, that's exactly where it's at. And, and you and I and, and everybody listening probably knows that in the draft, yeah, you're going to draft guys regarding what they can do or what they've done, but also what they can do immediately. But you've also got to project down the road. And what does that player look like? Do you have an opportunity to get a game changer? And maybe he's not changing games as a rookie or, or even as a, as a second-year player, but three, four, five years down the road, can he be that dominant player? And as David Ajabo continues to learn more, gets more experience on the field, I think he's going to be that. I don't think there's any question that he's going to be a first-round pick. Um, and right now, he's more of a second-long, third-long type of player. I don't know that he can hold up against the run, mm. but as he continues to mature his body, as he continues to change how he plays and adapt, he's a smart kid. Um, and he's got a lot of drive. I think he would be a, a great fit for a lot of NFL defenses, especially for a coordinator yeah. that's familiar with what he can do, but also what he needs to work on so that when you do get to that rookie season or you get to that second year, he's a little further along. What you just said, by the way, in the past I would have said, well, that means he's probably not going to be a Raven. They, they need their linebackers to play against the run. But again, given that Mike McDonald knows that, and figured out a way to use him quite successfully this season, it just kind of makes me wonder if perhaps David Ajabo will be on the radar at 14. All right, John Jansen, what can I plug for you, man? I know it's at John Jansen 77 on Twitter, but like podcast, the show, anything, what all can I plug for you? Well, I've got the MGO Blue podcast with John Jansen. You can, you can find that wherever you get your podcast. But also, hey, if you want to know what's going on in Detroit sports, uh, check out the Odyssey app because 97 won the ticket here in Detroit. I'm on from 6 to 10 in the morning, the Stoney and Jansen program. And uh, we cover everything uh, around the state of Michigan, but specifically the, the, the sports here in Detroit. John, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Uh, uh, best to you. I know this is the most important time of the year in Detroit. Thank you for uh, hopping on with us and spending a few minutes letting, letting us know about Mike McDonald's. Uh, thanks a lot. You guys take care. John Jansen, former NFL offensive lineman, now a radio host in Detroit and a part of the Michigan football broadcast crew. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us. And again, I don't expect there to be drastic changes with Mike McDonald as defensive coordinator, but perhaps those are subtle things. Like the idea that I, that actually is encouraging, right? The way that he describes the way they use David Ajabo at Michigan. This is a guy that's not really strong against the run, but they put him out there in passing situations and he finished with 11 sacks last season. It's something that we've been talking about a lot in Baltimore over the years, right? Like using guys that are pass rushers as pass rushers. Unique concept. What a thought. What a theory. Just let them go get quarterbacks in a situation where they're supposed to go get quarterbacks, and the Ravens just haven't done that. Will Mike McDonald 
be a little bit more inclined to use players that way and to say, this is what you do, this is your role, it's quite valuable to us, go do that. I, I would like to hope that we could use David Ajabo as evidence of him being willing to do that. I mean, I'd, I'd like to hope. I can't prove that, of course, and we need to actually see that once he arrives here. But I'd like to hope that that's the case moving forward. Well, yeah, it, it, it certainly gives you hope for guys like Adafi Owe, and you uh, you look at a guy like. And by the way, I thought, like Adafi Owe is certainly not supposed to be a, a a rush specialist only. He's supposed to be a disruptor in general, mm-hmm. right? Like he's supposed to be someone who, as we saw, what his the his signature play this season came against the run, right? right? Like it wasn't rushing, I, and. And so I don't know if Adafi Owe is the, the same comparison to make, right? Because I do think the idea for it... Remember, he was the guy that wasn't getting sacks um, during his final year in college. Didn't have a single sack uh, in his last season in college. He's supposed to be more of a disruptor in general. Someone who can do a number of different things. Somebody like Terrell Suggs. In, which, Terrell Suggs didn't become that guy until further into his career, right? Mm-hmm. Terrell Suggs began his career absolutely is what we're talking about. Situational pass rusher. That's what he could do. He could get after quarterbacks in situations where you knew a team was throwing. That's what Terrell Suggs brought to the table when he began his NFL career. Of course, mm-hmm. once he, he got there, he became one of the most complete linebackers in football. Um, and it's part of his story from a football perspective that doesn't get told enough is the fact that as his career went along, Terrell Suggs became really good against the run, really good against the pass, like could cover downfield. All of the things that you wanted from a linebacker, Terrell Suggs could do all of them. But when he came into the league, he was very much a situational guy that goes and gets quarterbacks and nothing else. Well, you look at a guy like Tim Williams, who was brought in here as a pass rusher, and we who? heard, we, 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 I, yeah, right, forgot he existed. Right, we, we heard all these these stories about him even beating Ronnie Stanley to the backfield um, in training camp. But then they're trying to do stuff like drop him back into coverage and stuff like that, and he fell by the wayside because well, he, he couldn't do it. He was not a complete player. Yeah, he, he just was, he was a pass rusher. Maybe well, and, a guy and, like that. And by the way, around. we don't know that he was a pass rusher. It's not like he's proven that he was really a pass rusher anywhere else. He was right. a guy that, whose skill was supposed to be rushing the passer mm-hmm. and someone probably we talked about it the other day with uh, Bo Smolka and the Jalen Ferguson would be another guy that you would throw on that list yeah. right like if you would just let Jalen Ferguson be an edge rusher could he be more helpful than what he's been to this point in his career not from don't, what I've seen I don't know I don't know but they haven't allowed him to do it yeah. right like I get where it's easier to say well we're this far in probably not right like there's probably not gold in them hills you know what I mean but I don't know. We've seen it with other players where it took a few years and just took them being in the right spot to suddenly become the player that they were supposed to be. I don't know if that will prove to be the case or not. I have no clue. But um, I am intrigued by what he says about David Ajabo in particular as far as, admittedly, he's not a guy that's helping you against the run. He's just a guy you're using in situational pass situations. Well, in in a season that's not nearly as long as 17 games, he ended up well, I guess it's not, they probably played 14. Did they play 14 games last year because they were in the playoff? I Is think that so, yeah. Is the math works? Because they played 12 regular season mm-hmm. games, the, 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 the championship game, and then a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's not that drastically different than a 17-game season, but still 11 sacks in a 14-game season. Nobody on the Ravens got close I'm not a I'm not a math expert. What would that project to be, Cassidy? What would that project to be in, in 17? I thought you were you – thought, oh, I thought Cassidy was doing our math. Jordan, you got that? the hell are, why do we have anybody here why do we have it's, anybody here what are we doing here it translates probably about 12 probably about 12 yeah that's about what it is i would take that 
in a heartbeat, I would take a 12 sack season. Not saying that it's it's that easy to project because you're facing much difficult, more difficult competition at the next level. But I would be much in favor of a 12 sack guy. All right, hour number one of today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. A uh, lot to do today. We are going to continue. Speaking of uh, David Ajabo, we are going to talk more draft with uh, Jim Nagy. Um, I got I got to get to your responses. I'm sorry. Oh, good morning, uh, John and Little Rock. I do like it sometimes when somebody just says good morning. Or th- it, Troy used to do that all the time. He would just check in and say, just saying hi. That's all. Just say, checking in, letting you know I'm here. I do appreciate that. I, I It's a sentiment that I enjoy a great deal. I, I have I'm no doubts we're going to hear more from John, though. Too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he, he always, uh, well, yeah, yeah. No, I love John. And yeah, I always no, he like always that. has a lot of comments. All right, uh, we got more to do. It's Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullen's incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification? CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice, it's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. 
The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. <laughs> Back in here on GCR. This is going to be fun having two college kids around. Like, this is going to be a different world for your boy. <laughs> boy. Yeah, hey, that was a show about college kids. What's that? A different world. A different world. Yeah, all right. It's been it's a minute. A it's a different di- world. I, I, by the way, I asked these. I was having an issue with my zipper earlier this morning. Jesus. Not my. No. Hey. 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 We you, don't kink shame. You went there. <laughs> Not me. It was my coat zipper. Settle down over there, chief. I was having an issue with my coat zipper earlier this morning. And it did, of course, remind me of the famous uh, Beans and Franks scene, the Franks and Beans scene from There's Something About Mary. And so I looked at it, and I was like, I'm the only one, uh, because Paul was running a bit late this morning. I'm like, I'm having a great time, because I'm thinking about Franks and Beans. Like, that's all I'm thinking about in that moment. And I look at these two, and I'm like, neither one of you have seen Something About Mary. It's you're way too young to care at all about what I'm doing right now. And, of course, I got completely blank faces have, from Have you guys really never seen that movie? No, of course they haven't. They're Paul, you're really underestimating what we're dealing with right now. See, I, lo- I love movies. so I, 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 like, I know you love movies, but you're closer to my age. Yeah. You're, ba- you're not that much younger than I am. These two... Are, are half of our lives. Yeah, that movie did come out before they were born. Yes! Well, I don't know about before they were born. It came out in 98. These guys weren't alive in 98. Oh, God. Oh, God, it did come out in 98. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I want to die now. <laughs> wake up. Wake I want to die. The thing is, anytime somebody calls me old, I say, I'm not old. I'm just older than you. Yeah, I want to die. I'm not kidding. That's the worst thing that's happened ever is the idea that they weren't alive. Oh, my God. Now I remember seeing about... it in theaters, and these two weren't alive. Oh, It was one of the most joyous times I've ever what had watching movie. a Go film. Go treat yourself. It's a great movie. The it's movie holds up over the wonderful, test of time. Well, mostly. Mostly. There's a few things things in there that probably we wouldn't be doing in, in pictures at this point. Maybe. I don't I don't think in general like ah he's a good ass we put him out in the back we let him I don't I don't know <laughs> that we would be doing some of those things. If you can open up your sense of humor realize it's a movie. God such a great <laughs> film. <laughs> ah, uh, are, are, are you aware of the Stadio Olimpico? Did you build the Stadio? Uh, no right down the street three, three doors down like oh my god everything about that film is perfect God I love it you guys weren't even alive. All right, well, if you're wondering, I'll be doing shots later of bleach. That's how I'm going <laughs> to spend my day after learning this information this morning. That's how I start every morning. Oh, yeah, it's delicious. It really kickstarts your day. <laughs> Hoping this is the last <laughs> it really one. really kickstarts your day. All right, today's show is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You know where I'm going tomorrow at noon? It's a, a, a straight shoot. Tomorrow at noon. Oh, you know what? I'll let uh, Jordan tell us about the Towson basketball game from last night here in a second. I'm taking the my my father and I and my kids are going to the Towson basketball game tomorrow. As long as they're able to play, just not something I expected was going to be. I thought maybe there might be a snow issue. That's not the problem that they're dealing with. Um, so before the game, we planned we're doing a family outing. We're going to go uh, to Glory Days at noon tomorrow. Uh, me, my dad, and our two bo- my two boys, and we're gonna uh, devour. I think uh, six thousand uh, uh, smoky thigh, thigh wings. wings between us. We are just going to put away as a team. I remember at, uh, when the pandemic started; they were doing like um, 
get 20 boneless wings for a certain amount type of deal. And I swear to God, my four-year-old was like, you better order at least three because I'm going to take care of at least one of those orders by myself. Like, they love Glory Days wings. Uh, my two sons do. So we're going to put away a bunch of smoky thigh wings tomorrow. We're going to have a great time. Glory Days Grill, of course. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Final days to take advantage of the seasonal menu, which includes uh, not only the, um, the Alabama barbecue sauce for your smoky thigh wings, but also includes the short rib grilled cheese, the house-made meatloaf, the grilled meatloaf sandwich, all of that. <sighs> so good. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Get your order in right now. So, Jordan, you went to the Towson basketball game last night. Um, I would like to tell you, uh, uh, Paul, do you know who won the Towson basketball game last night? No, I don't. Okay, well, it was between Towson and Delaware. So you give your first guess. Who do you think won? I think if Towson had won, you would have mentioned it already. So let me say Delaware. Okay, why don't you guess again? Towson won. You're wrong on both counts. Did they play? They did. Is Was this the one where they had to like evacuate the arena because kids kept slipping on the That's floor? That's the one, Paul. That's the one. No winner of the Towson basketball game last night because it was suspended early in the second half. Jordan, uh, you were there. Jordan starts texting me. Was it Jordan's fault? I don't know. It was might be really. I, I did give Jordan a bunch of crap because I was at the game a little while ago, and I'm like, um, I'm like, dude, what, why don't more students go to the games? And so Jordan took it to heart, and he was like, I'm going to go to the game. And boy, did he get a treat. Boy, did he get a treat. So what exactly was happening last night, Jordan? Yeah, so they, they were just, like, right off the tip, they were just slipping. Just, just the tip. Yeah. Oh, right off. I can't just make that joke yeah. anymore. So, God! Yeah. But they... Gotta, <laughs> Cassidy's not here. Have you seen <laughs> Wedding Crashers? They, they, were, they were just, like, slipping and sliding all over the place. And then, like, one of the Delaware players went to the locker room with an ankle injury. Uh, Justin, or, Tim, not Justin, Timberlake. He, yeah, not yeah, Justin yeah, Timberlake. Not, not Nicholas just, Timberlake. Yeah, Nick, yeah. Nick Timberlake. He went for a light, like wide open layup. No, Which everybody knows is his brother. No, yeah, I mean, they're brothers. Yeah. Of course, no, everybody knows that. No, right. no one in the lane, and he just like face plants. Oh, cool. And like he's like not, he's like on the good. he's like on the floor looking like what what's going on, and all the play. It's the whole court, and they keep mopping it and everything. And everyone's like, okay, this is normal. They go in for halftime, they mop the courts, they come back out, and with 18 minutes left in the second half, like right off, right after the half starts, the, the loudspeakers come on, yeah, the game's been suspended because of slippery court conditions. Is there a, a hockey rink underneath? No. no. They, they, they don't play, so they don't play hockey. The Baltimore Blast soccer team plays there, but their last time playing, Glenn was saying... Friday. Yeah. And, and then there was a Towson basketball game on Saturday, and there were no problems. Other than the fact yeah. they lost to Wilmington, which was a problem, yeah. but it was not related to the floor, right? Yeah. Like, there were no problems whatsoever with playing the game yeah. on Saturday. Nobody has the answer. Now, I, I'm sure if I really like, called a few people, they would tell me, but they would say, you can't talk about it on the air. There's a leaky roof. That's what I, that was the they, first thing I said to Jordan. I'm like, was, was there a leak in the roof? Like, what, yeah, what in the world? There was... There, there. I didn't see any water dripping, and one would think that if there was a leaky roof, they would have caught it yes, at halftime. You would think that. Also, it did not rain last night. Yeah, that too. That <laughs> so too. even if there's a leak in the roof, so maybe it's not the roof. Maybe there, it's like the what is it like the lacquer or whatever that they put on the floor. Well, why would that be a? Maybe, I don't maybe, understand maybe, that at all. Maybe it's running thin and they need to redo it. I have no idea. And that's the I have no I'm idea. I'm just a thinking either. man here. And Glenn, just the, the, the worst so. part is. 
There, there were a lot of people at the game last oh, night. Oh, damn it. A lot of students. They all heard Glenn Clark Radio. And, like, we gotta and, get out there. And, and Towson's playing well, and it's the Delaware game, and there's always a big crowd for Delaware because, you know, some Delaware fans come down too because it's not that difficult to travel, like, of all the games. Yeah. Towson was trailing by, like, nine in the second half when this happened. Yeah, they, they were not playing. But how much of a factor was the fact that they couldn't? Yeah, no, it was they were missing open shots because they would just their legs would just give out. Not ideal. Not yeah, I, it was, was one side of the floor slicker than the other. By no, chance? It, it it was both. And then one of the players, as he was coming off the court, told my friend and was like, "Man, it was like a slip and slide out there. We don't know what was going on." So weird. So weird. Look, man, I, I am willing to chalk this up as a bizarre anomaly. I don't think that anybody did anything like underhanded to try to purposely sabotage it. Like somebody. This is where conspiracy theorists start throwing out things like. Man, somebody was. It's really funny because John Little Rock actually messaged me yesterday. He's like, "Hey, you like Towson minus five tonight?" And I was like, "I do. I really do like Towson minus five tonight." And so some conspiracy theorists would be like, "Somebody bet Delaware plus five, and they're like, how do we figure out a way? Let's go make the court slippery or something like that." It's I a, don't. It's I a don't Mike pl- Lupica book. What? This the game. What? I don't. So, someone's gonna make a. Oh, but, oh well, got you. Yeah, got yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I'm like, yeah, what are you? So, saying? No, no, no. 100. Yeah. So the restaurant that I used to work at before the one I work at now. Mm-hmm. The we need to come up with a fake name for the restaurant that you work at. Hey, Jordan, you want to go see Jackass with us next Friday? Cassidy, what, yeah, oh, I, you got I've classes been, in the afternoon I've, on I've Friday, been, right? I've been dying. No? You want to go see Jackass with us next Friday afternoon? I've been, I've been We're dying gonna do a class to go field see trip. We're going to a class field right. trip next Friday to go see so Jackass. So I worked at this restaurant that I'll call Fishy Claws. Fishy Claws. All right. I actually like that. I don't know where it came from, but I like it's it. It popped into my head. All right, let's go with um, it. So at Fishy Claws, they have hardwood floors. I'm guessing it was a seafood establishment. Yes. Okay. They have hardwood floors, and the coating... For whatever reason, for the entirety of the eleven plus years that I worked there, was the slipperiest surface on the Have face of the earth. Have you been to the Wrecker Theater since they reopened it? No. Have you been to the Wrecker yes. Theater? Now you had never went to the old Wrecker Theater because, again, you're yeah. you, I saw Shine Down. You were born after there's something about me. I saw Shine Down at the Auto Bar once. Nice. Uh, opening for Tantric. Nice. And I had no idea who they were, and they, it snowed, and there were ten people in the room. I mean, I'm, and I say there were 10 people in the room. There might not have been 10. Like, it, it was a blizzard, and they were already here. And Shinedown probably still had the time and, of their lives. And I'm not a big, like, you know, it, it's not. It's just not typically my type of music, right? Like, I, I think they're good, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I had never heard them, and they just came out, and they were like, after we finish, why don't we all go up and do shots together? Because there's ten of us. There's ten of us you here. Took shots with Shine Down. Yeah, I didn't. This know, is the I most know, jealous I've ever I'd been. Nev- of I didn't know who they were. They're I like no one of my clue. top two. I was fans. so excited about seeing Tantric because I was a big Days of the New fan, and then this uh, Days of the New became Tantric, and so Tantric played, and Tantric had a couple of hits actually. Uh, I, I was big in. Um, Whoa, in them. I know that was Incubus. They had a song called Warning though. Tantric did, and I don't remember how it goes. Um, uh, they did have a song. I'm telling you, they had a song called Warning. Um. Yeah. Anyway, we're not yeah. going to spend too much. This is uh, Ron and Owings Mills, by the way. Um, so I don't know how we got there. Oh, the record theater. The record theater. What I love about it, the floor is insanely sticky. Yes. Like the stickiest floor you'll ever experience. If you go to move, like if you go see someone, because I think they still do. I I like to move around a little bit when I go see some live music, do a little white guy dancing. You know what I mean? I'm a big fan of old. It's the type of thing you see at a wedding, right? Like you know the type. People that don't really have any rhythm, but they dance anyway. Like, that's my moves when I go to a show. So I'm there at the record theater for the first time since it reopened. And I got a lot of emotions tied to the record theater because this was a major part of my childhood. And I'm there, and I go to do a little dancing, 
and you can't pick your feet up off the ground because the floor is that sticky. And then I'm even happier. Then I'm like, oh my God, it's exactly like I remember it. You can't move. The floor is so sticky. It makes me so happy. You're well, like, what is it? I don't know. I don't want to know. The, the, the point of the fishy claws story was maybe they recoded the floor and they got the wrong kind of coating and they got similar stuff to what happened at fishy claws. And that's why it was so slick. That's, that's, that's the, but, th- but why would that suddenly be the case this game and not the game four days earlier? Maybe they recoded it within those four days. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's the it's only super, logical explanation. There's no weird. water on the it's court. It's super weird. It's so weird. They're gonna, they suspended the game early in the second half. They're going to re- They're gonna finish it at some point. And thankfully, it's Delaware and not a yeah, And Towson's going to win. I mean, I hope, but they gotta, they gotta, they gotta put together a bit of a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> they got, uh, they got work to do whenever they do uh, get it together. But hey, I'm planning to go to the game tomorrow. Hopefully, hopefully they'll have things together. They can play. I did think to myself, like, would it have been an option? I don't know what. It, what does the Towson Center look like right now? Like, it, I mean, it, it has it, the court. Is it exactly the it, same? Because they it, still practice there, yeah, right? It, it has the court. I don't know if the stands are still. But like there. I'm saying, like if in an emergency situation, like couldn't they have just picked up and said, "Let's walk next door and finish this basketball game here, and everybody yeah. can come over." Like I don't. Yeah. Think that, I, it's it was just weird to me. It was very weird. All right, Ron's in Owings Mills this morning. Ron, what's up, pal? How are you? Glad thanks for taking this. Oh, we got to hang on, Ron. I got to fix the phone. I apologize. Yep. What's up, buddy? Thanks for taking my call. How you doing? I'm good, pal. How about you? Um, we still got to get that. We hang on. Sorry, Ron. We got to get that fixed. It's something that we deal with. I don't know if anybody can hear me right now. Are we there? Uh, it's good enough. We'll deal with it. Ron, what's up, pal? Hey, uh, you watching the tennis? Am I watching the tennis? What kind of question is that? <laughs> yes, I'm you watching. Staying up late? Yes. Uh, okay. So I did not watch the uh, Medvedev match last night. I didn't watch that one, but yeah. I stayed up long enough to see the uh, first match in. I was disappointed. I thought Berrettini, um, I thought he would have, I know he picked it up late, but. Yeah, well, actually, what I was really surprised by, when he came on in the third set, I was like, ooh, boy. I didn't know that he was going to win, but I thought he could get it to five. Um, I'm not really that. He just, he didn't look like he was in it mentally in the first set or two. I don't think, I'm trying to think, there was another match where something like this happened where when, when someone gets an early break, and like you're, you're just never in it. Like you never feel like you're in it, and it buries everyone. Berrettini has everything going for him. He's one of the most handsome men on the face of the planet. Uh, he's a, a phenomenal grass court player, obviously, and he's he's tall when his serves on. He's dynamic, but the side where he's got to overcome the greatest players in the world when they're not helping him in any way. He's still just not there yet, and you know there's a there's a question about whether or not he'll get there because not everybody does, right? There's a lot of players like Milos Raonic had everything going for him except That's the part where when you would play the best players in the world and they did nothing to help you, are you able to overcome that? And Milos Raonic never was. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I um, that's a good comparison. Uh, that's a similar. He's a similar type, big server. Yeah. I, I I thought it would have went five, but um, I think we got the two best players right now playing. Yuzvera um, was disappointing early, but um, Shapovalov played well. But I, I think, um, I, I, obviously, I, in my opinion, Medvedev. I'm giving him the favorite. Oh, he, I, he was. By the way, Ron, he was my favorite. Whether or not Djokovic was in this tournament. It's Medvedev. On I thought a, it should have been like 50-50 Djokovic or Medvedev. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honest to God, I, Medvedev, 
I, I get it. You can still say it's Djokovic on a hard court, so, you know, and, and particularly in Australia, so you have to make him the favorite. But, like, yeah. Medvedev, the, and, and Nadal last night, for example, was playing so far off the baseline that you could see that was infuriating Berrettini. He just couldn't find a shot that was working. He mm-hmm. couldn't find anything that was working. Medvedev is playing in Sydney. You know what I mean? Like, he's playing so far behind the baseline. I, I don't know how anybody beats him. I just don't know on a hard court how you're beating Daniil Medvedev when he has the ability to play 25 feet behind the baseline, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nuts how much he well, can cover because of it. It's... I agree, and I think uh, just the matchup-wise, I think it's better uh, uh, if you are if you don't want to see Nadal win, and that's a different conversation. But it's not that I have anything against Nadal. I just think Medvedev, yeah, he had the five-setter against Felix, but last night, I didn't see the match either, but four sets relatively. Um, yep. Some of the sets look look pretty good. Um, I think I think he should win. Nadal is, is an unbelievable competitor. I could see it going the distance, and it could get, get weird. But Medvedev, the key is always, like you said, if he's if he's um, from the ground solid, like he's been standing far back, but also his serve since the U.S. Open, I've never seen him serve this well. So if he continues to serve at this level, he, he's a, he's He's the only the, favorite, the, the we'll only see. thing with Medvedev is you know it's going to be a uh, pro Nadal crowd and yeah. and he kind of loses his mind. Uh, he did yeah, it against Cressy. The it's one thing to lose I your mind. I kind of like it though. I mean, like, yeah. Oh, like, it's part of I've gr- it's a hundred percent grown on me with Medvedev. Yeah. I'm a Medvedev guy at this point, okay. right? Like I'm I root for the guy at this point. But you know he's he, different. You need different. You and need but different. he has the ability for that to go south too, right? Sure. Like against sure. a player like Nadal, when the crowd is fully behind, it's one thing to have the crowd against you when you're playing Maxime Cressy. It's another yeah. thing when you're facing Rafael Nadal. So we'll see. Now let's get quick, just quick on the Ed Reed thing, really quick. I, I so here's my thing. We all know Ed and John didn't get along. That's not a secret. For a while, for a while, that's true. They 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 developed a relationship. They did. They did develop okay. a relationship. But yes, it took a little while. It was rocky. Yep. Is that fair? One hundred percent. Okay. Okay. So my my whole thing is this. I don't understand why. Like I'm not saying that that was a complete direct shot at Harbaugh. It wasn't even remotely a direct shot at at John Harbaugh. I'm just saying, like, I don't understand why there are Ravens fans going at Ed Reed for telling his take on the team. Like, that's my problem. Like, like, whenever Ravens fans, like, they want to, like, obviously there's camps. Like, it's fine to have your opinion. I have my crazy opinions because based off of what I've seen for 13 years, I'm not saying I'm completely right. I'm not there. I just watch the games of my boxers. All I know is this: there are people that are in different sides. Well, like, now, now I understand why you got kicked out of Bertucci's, Ron. Yes, now I understand yes. that you got to put yes. some pants on. Exactly. I'm not a pants guy. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. For yeah, neither am I. I'm wearing pants now. But um, my, my me too. But is, only because Cassidy interns here now. Normally, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, my whole thing is this: it's fine to have your opinion on who should go. Is Harbaugh the guy? Is Roman? The, like that's all fine. That's part of the what we do. My issue, though, is when something like this comes out, it's fine to say, no, that had nothing to do with it, if that's your take. But there are people going at Ed Reed. And I saw the same thing happen um, with another player, I can't even remember, that just like they're giving their take on the team. Why can't Ed Reed speak well, it, uh, about what he felt? But, Ron, this is the one that makes this particularly bizarre. He didn't say anything. And I know this is difficult for us to say. He didn't. All yeah. he said was, 
They don't. There's not a Ray Lewis. There's not Ned Reed. Well, we know that. Like, there's very okay. few teams that get to have Ray Lewis and Ned Reed. And again, as we all know, having Ray Lewis and Ned Reed wasn't what led the Ravens to winning a Super Bowl. The first one with Ray Lewis, but they had nothing to do with winning the second one. The second one they won because their offense was insane for for the he last month. He also said of the next man up, and that like, yes, losing Lamar changes things, but like. You still got to find a way to win. But that's so absurd. Like the, it's so patently I, I, absurd. I, I it's absurd, but like that's Ed Reed's opinion. It's and it's fine. Hey, look, man, I, I'm not. Ed even sort of tried to, to gauge that. Where like, yeah, it's when we say things like "next man up," it's a nice cliche to throw around. Right until mm-hmm. you're playing Robert Jackson in your secondary, until you're lining up an XFL caliber secondary to go up against Cooper Cup and to go up against Devontae Adams. The next man up thing is a is a wonderful cliche, and it's something we all say forever because it's that's the way it works. You got to go out and play the game anyway. They're not going to cancel it. They're not going to wait till your players are healthy in order to play the game. But I'm just saying I, it's fine to say that his takes are are absurd. Yes, there was they were played by a lot of injuries, and that's fine. I'm not I'm not taking a side on this. I'm just saying Ed Reed watched the Ravens play. He saw all the games with the injuries. He's giving his take on the team. Sure, but I'm, I'm not a lot of the, a lot of the stuff he said, like you said, we've already known. He didn't really say much. Right, correct, and that's so really like, what this. I, was I don't to know me. why people are go, like right. going at Ed. Like, if, if you want to say his take was, I don't agree with it. That's fine. But there are people like now bashing Ed Reed for like he's a he's a he's a Ravens hater. Oh, stop. We Get out. Rob, like, people are bored on the internet and they want attention. Stop. Well, Ignore bored, them. Ignore them. Like, all right. It's the guy's opinion. I know. I know. All right, buddy. I love you. I got. Right. I got to run. I'll, let's talk again soon. All right, pal. Yep. Ron Snowing smells. Ron gets worked up about a lot of things. Man, come on, come on. Who cares? I don't really care. That's why I only wanted to give five minutes to it at the top of the show. I'm like, I'm going to deal with this. And we're going to move on because there ain't nothing to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. Y'all, I get it. We're bored. We're bored. There's no games being played. So we wanted something to talk about yesterday, so we decided we're going to talk about Ed Reed, right? Like, I love Ed Reed. I lo- Again, hot take, love Ed Reed. But there's nothing to say. There was nothing at all to be said from what uh, this conversation with Ed Reed yesterday. All right, uh, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Next week down in Mobile, Alabama, it is the Senior Bowl, and this man always very good in, in a very busy time. He takes time for us, and we've always appreciated that. He is the executive director of the Senior Bowl. He's Mr. Jim Nagy, and he's with us now here on GCR. Jim, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, Glenn and Paul, good to be on, guys. Thanks it, for having me back on. It's it's great to chat with you. I know this is a very exciting time for everybody down there. Jim, I, let me just start with, you know, normally I feel like over the years the only thing that you and I have ever talked about is wide receivers when it comes to Baltimore. And, and this is one of the few <laughs> years where, like, there there isn't much of a wide receiver conversation to have. It, it seems like right now offensive line is what the Ravens and Ravens fans are focused on. So looking at what you guys, the, the name that jumps off the page at me is Trevor Penning. Um, tell me about Trevor. It's a guy, obviously, we didn't watch a lot of being at Northern Iowa. And do you think that this is a guy that's legitimately a number 14 type of pick and someone who could be an anchor tackle for a franchise for years to come? Yeah, I think you could go higher than that, guys. I think you might have to trade up for him. Wow. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a dominant FCS level player. Uh, we have a couple years background with him. You know, we we had his bookend Spencer Brown in the game last year, who went to Buffalo in the third round. 
Um, yeah, Trevor, you, you want to, you put on small school tape and you want to see a dominant player. That's Trevor. Um, he's an absolute bully. Um, it's like the varsity kid that's get, gets pulled down to the freshman game to play. Um, so this will be a big week. I think the only bet box that he has to check is, can he do it against, you know, other future NFL people? So, uh, the best player he's played against day, you know, is probably day in and day out in practice in the past was Ellerson Smith, yeah. uh, who was in our game last year, who got drafted by the giants, really athletic edge guy. Um, so no, this is, this is a huge week, but he's really talented. Uh, massive guy has no bad weight on his frame. Wait till you see him down here. You see clips on the NFL network of this guy. Um, uh, and just angry, just plays angry. Hmm. Um, you know, brings an attitude, brings a tenacity, uh, I, you know, I just kind of equate him to when I went up there to, uh, invite him in, in November, he was our first, very first invite to the game. And I told him it, it reminded me of the 2012 draft with, uh, Lane Johnson and Luke Jokel and Eric Fisher. You know, those guys were all down here at the senior bowl and, and, uh, it was kind of a similar year. It was kind of wide open. There wasn't any, you know, top quarterbacks that were locked into the first few picks in the draft. Um, and Eric Fisher went from the late first round all the way to the number one overall pick, uh, out of central Michigan. So same similar deal. Eric just needed to check that last box that he could do it against future NFL guys. So I think Trevor, the sky's the limit um, in terms of where he goes in the spring. I think this is this is really all NFL teams need to see is a good week in Mobile, and I think you'll those mock drafts you'll start seeing them go from the late first round to the early first round. Well, let, let's talk about that too. Is there are there any of the other offensive tackles or even offensive linemen in general, right? Because the Ravens could stick with Patrick McCarry at right tackle and. You know, if, if Bradley Bozeman walks, they could be looking for an interior offensive lineman instead. Um, is there another offensive lineman in that group that you say, look, they're not being talked about in that range, in that mid-first-round range right now, but keep an eye on this player because this is a guy that could suddenly rise to a place where after a big week next week, he might be moving into that general, you know, mid-first-round concept. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of them. Uh, three years ago, we had five first-round offensive linemen, and uh, and a bunch of those guys that got up into the first are graded by our staff lower, um, were graded lower in their year than some of our guys are this year. Our, meaning to say, our guy, there's a bunch of guys in this year's game that, that have uh, you know a shorter distance to move to get into the first than that group three years ago did. So, yeah, I mean, Darian Kennard from Kentucky, uh, Abe Lucas from Washington State, uh, you know, Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan. There's uh, there's a number of guys up there at the tackle position. And then on the interior, Zion Johnson's going to be the first guard off the board uh, from Boston College. He's a he's a day one NFL starter and a high end day one NFL starter. Kind of reminds me of Rodney Hudson. I was with the Chiefs when we drafted Rodney Hudson in the second round out of Florida State. Uh, to me, similar player. Uh, so they're, they're going to have a lot of good options down here to, to get a long, uh, week-long look at. Jim Nagy, of course, executive director of the Senior Bowl. He's with us on Glenn Clark Radio. Jim, uh, the defensive line appears to be another place where the Ravens are in the market. And as you've known, the Ravens uh, love drafting defensive linemen over the years. They, it's, it's, they've never had too many. But in particular, trying to find a little bit more of a defensive lineman who might be able to help out in, in getting after quarterbacks. It's just something that in the 3-4 scheme they haven't done a lot of, but New defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, might we see a little bit more of that? Um, I know one of the guys at the defensive line, Jordan Davis, is not going to be there, but who, as far as defensive linemen, guys who put their hands in the dirt, are guys that you would look at and say, this might be someone who could be a fit that could do a little bit more of that moving forward? 
Are you talking more inside or more more out to the edge? I, I think it could be either way, right? Because I think that there's a belief that the Ravens could move on from Brandon Williams, right? And like I, I, I know everybody wants to find Aaron Donald. There's only one Aaron Donald, and and he broke the mold, and there might never be another Aaron Donald, right? But I think either way, uh, right now, the Ravens could be in that market, Jim. Just a ton of names, guys. Our D-line crew is, is loaded this year. You know, last week, last year it was a pretty thin interior D-line class. This year it's pretty stacked. Uh, like Phil Mathis from Alabama, uh, he's not getting out of the early second round. Uh, you know, we saw Christian Barmore, Barmer go there uh, this year. Kind he of was all right. Second to, uh, to New England, had a great year. Phil took his game to another level uh, this year. He's an inside guy that can play versus the run in the pass. Devontae Wyatt. Um, you know, we've talked all fall about the Georgia front seven, and they all kind of get lumped in together. A lot of talk about Jordan Davis individually. I think Devontae Wyatt's going to have a monster week, um, really athletic 320-pounder. It's going to You might run in the high four sevens at 320 pounds. So um, he's going to have a big week. And then there's five or six guys. I, I posted something on Twitter this morning with uh, our edge class and all those guys in that class, and there's five or six guys that could that could go in the first round. I, mean, I think Arnold Abichetti, uh, from Penn State is the guy that's really going to rise. Uh, talking to the guy that's training him, uh, Chuck Smith, the former great Atlanta Falcons pass rusher. He he trains a lot of these guys now, and he's in Mobile right now for our HBCU Combine event we're having tomorrow. He's going to be working out our D-line guys here. And uh, he's been working with Epichetti, and he's like, Jim, he's one of the quickest guys I've ever been around in my life as a wow. player and as wow. a coach. So wow. I think he's going to tear I think he's going to tear it up in one-on-ones. Uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, um, Majay Sanders from Cincinnati is a guy that's so super explosive off the edge. Um, it's 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 a real, they're going to find plenty of help down here if they're looking at D line. Um, Jim, I know it's very exciting for you guys every year when the quarterbacks show up. Um, it gets a lot more attention, and it's a relevant question to me because. You know, when the Ravens get the 14th pick, you know, they're obviously, we don't think, they're in the market for a quarterback. So the idea is, well, hey, if more quarterbacks could slide up, then you really have more like the 11th pick in the draft, right? But it's not a loaded, we don't know that there's quarterbacks at the top. You've got five down there, it seems like, that could legitimately be first-round picks. When you look at those guys, how many of them do you really think could end up moving into, say, the top 13 of the draft for teams that need quarterbacks and say, we got to do this, which obviously that would be great news for the Baltimore Ravens sitting there with the 14th pick. At least a couple of them. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you talk to guys around the league and that's, that's uh, the value of having worked for as long as I did in the NFL, I've got a lot of, a lot of friendships and guys are really open with, with how they have players graded. So yeah, all five there's, we got five guys that are carrying first round grades right now coming into the game and we'll see, we'll see where they end up. I mean, the spring is always an interesting process with the quarterbacks and, but I do think where these guys end up, you know, stacking out, uh, is going to be greatly determined here in our week because it's real football. The rest of the process, these guys are going to be throwing on air and shorts and t-shirts. So, uh, it'll be a big week. I think there's, I mean, when you talk to teams, they all have them graded similarly, but there's no order. Like there's no consensus of where this group shakes out. Uh, so that should really bring a lot of intrigue to the week and, and, uh, what that order is going to be by the time we get to April. A local kid uh, that's down there, Tyler Batty from Missouri, who is a Baltimore kid and went to – he's looking to be the first kid who went to Friends to ever be drafted uh, and end up in the NFL. Um, I, look, the, the Ravens probably could have – we, we joke that they don't really need more running backs, but we thought that a year ago. As it turns out, that it's all they needed was more running backs because all their running backs got hurt. Um, tell me a little bit about Tyler and what you've seen from him and why he really does have a chance to make some history here as being the first kid from his high school to end up in the NFL. 
Uh, yeah, Tyler Tyler really took advantage of his opportunity this year being the full-time starter uh, with Larry Roundtree gone. You know, Larry Larry was in our game a year ago. He was, he was one of our favorite backs in last year's draft. He, uh, you know, did some good things this year for the Chargers. But this was this was the Tyler Beatty year, you know, and he uh, you look at what he did. I think he had five 200-yard games. I think the uh, saw something where the last the last two SEC running backs to do that were Derrick Henry and Leonard Fournette in 2015 or something like that. So it had been a while. Wow. But uh, yeah, phenomenal year. Uh, really explosive. I mean, that's just the. I mean, he, he's kind of low to the ground. He's built how you want a running back build. But in terms of burst, uh, this guy can get away from people in a hurry. So in the screen game, things like that, get him out in space. Uh, he can be dynamic. So it's it's uh, we're excited to get him uh, back to back years with Missouri running backs and uh, hopefully he he has as good a week down here as as, uh, as Larry had a year ago. That would do a lot for him and his chances. All right, we uh, we got to figure out who's the guy that's going to be this year's Quinn Miners, right? Like who's the guy that everybody's going to get to know next week and fall in love with, and is going to be the darling of draft season, and we're all going to be rooting for them because of their personality that we just don't know about yet because they haven't hit the national spotlight. It's... Ooh, I don't know if there's another Quinn Miners. He's yeah, I mean, they really broke the ball on that guy, right? Like, I love him, man. He's one of my favorite guys ever. He is. He, he's what you see is what you get. He is just. He's full of life. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that's always the fun part. Player arrival day is a lot of fun. You kind of see that. You see the personality right away when these guys get to Mobile. So I don't know if there's another Quinn. Uh, you know, he became kind of a rock star down here last week. But hopefully, there's someone. You know, the quarterbacks usually steer the uh national national hype train during the week but it's always good when you get a big guy like quinn miners to uh steal some of that from him and, and let me just one more on the football standpoint look i, I joke that we, we normally talk about wide receivers this year the ravens actually have a couple of top wide receivers it doesn't seem to be the highest priority but um and also it seems like it's it, it's it's thought of as more of a down year for wide receivers although you know a couple years ago it was thought of a down year it ended up being that aj brown and dk metcalf and terry mclaurin and guys you get later in the draft were utter and complete rock stars um do you think this is as down of a class of wide receivers as a lot of other people seem to think in comparison to you know particularly last year's loaded class and what we saw from jamar chase and Devonte smith and jalen waddle uh, to name a few yeah, it's not last year's class, but I think, you know, it's going to hurt it a little bit as we move through the spring. You're going to have guys like John Mechie and Jamison Williams, guys that are, are legit, legit guys, are going to be out of the process with their injuries. Right. So, um, you know, they won't they won't be at the combine. You won't you won't see workouts. But, uh, no, it's, it's not a bad group by any means. I and mean, we've got some guys coming here to Mobile we're really excited about that uh, I think will get everyone's attention down here, like Danny Gray from SMU, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, um, there, there, there's some, there's some good ones that are that are yet to emerge. I think uh, with the quarterback group we have down here, um, some of those guys will make some names for themselves. Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Um, so again, they're not like household names like last year's group. Last year's group was off the charts. You know that yep. was that was a otherworldly group. That was a pretty yeah. special group of receivers to, to see what they all did and came in as rookies. Uh, pretty impressive. Uh, but this is a solid group. If they come down here and, and, and scout it right, they'll find somebody that can help the Ravens. And, of course, we're still very high on Rashad Bateman as well. I didn't want to ignore him on that class. He just, you know, the standard for last year was so absurdly high that it, it gets lost in the shuffle. Jahan Dotson, too, one that you guys are going to have down there. And, of course, Maryland fans know from watching them face Penn State, that kid is special. Like, that kid can do some things that other kids can't do. Um, Jim, as far as people staying involved with the Senior Bowl, uh, you mentioned NFL Network. It'll be practice during the week, the game on Saturday, correct? And then social media, where should people be following in order to stay connected with the Senior Bowl next week? 
they can follow Senior Bowl Twitter at Senior Bowl, and, I, and I'll be posting a bunch of stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff from the week uh, as well at, 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 at my Twitter handle. So, uh, yeah, and practices are on ESPN as well. Okay. Uh, practices are on, on one of the – I mean, they've been doing our practices for years and yep. years now. Um, they're the ones that mic up our coaches. Um, yeah, and then the game on the game on Saturday on the NFL Network kicking off at two uh, thirty Eastern time. And that, of course, is at Jim Nagy underscore SB is how you give him a follow. Jim, always appreciate it, man. Are you going to be doing the uh, the ESPN stuff again this year, or we should be catching up with you as we get closer to the draft? Yeah, you can you can definitely be catching up with me uh, over the course of the spring. I'll be covering the draft. Love it, man. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it as always. Okay, thanks, guys. Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl, checking in with us ahead of next week's game. Yeah, Trevor Penning, um, as far as it, if you have, have really zeroed in on the idea that the Ravens need to go offensive line at 14, and it seems like there's been a near consensus among, not complete consensus, but a near consensus from Ravens fans that it's offensive line, defensive line seem to be the two biggest things that jump out. I think as far as who's at the Senior Bowl, Trevor Penning is the one that's most significant for Ravens fans to be keeping an eye on next week. All right, uh, today's show. By the way, a lot of negativity. Give a, 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 a Cassie, take this microphone for a second. Uh, you guys are both gonna have to defend yourself now, um, uh, and, and and see if the the slide into the camera shot if you can, Cassidy. There, um, I got this from Paul. Paul said. Um, my sons were born in November 1998. I'm proud to say that growing up, they've watched reruns of classics like There's Something About Mary with me over the years. I raised them right. So this is kind of an attack on your parents now. I need to know from both of you, are there, are there films that your parents did force you to watch or make sure that you watched as you were growing up that were from before you were born? No, nope. not at all. Nothing. Nope. I can actually relate to this one. Okay. My mom has like a list in her notes of like all movies from the eighties and the nineties that me and my sister have to watch. And there's But are you actually doing it or yeah, are you okay, no, all right, yeah. all right. So give me an example. Like Obviously, like I grew up watching what sh- um Sixteen Candles. Oh, okay. And then, all like, right. So the John Hughes films. All of them. So you watch Breakfast Club. You watched yes. okay, all right. I can respect that. And then like a bit of like sadder movies like oh. Shankshaw Redemption. Oh, like Sh- Shankshaw, all Shankshaw Redemption. It's yeah. a, one of my. It's Shawshank. It's Shank. good. Uh, <laughs> I've watched it, but like, okay, I messed up the name obviously. Right. But like I've watched, right. I've, I've literally watched all of them because of my parents. But I never knew them like on my own if that makes sense understandable that's the way that this would go and i look we we all have serious situations like this with their films that came out before we were alive that don't mean quite as much to it i don't blame i i don't disagree with paul and i'm not trying to call out your parents i i, I like you, you know your mom a great deal so i don't want to challenge her all that this much is, this is paul but, and ovi lando right yeah paul and ovi lando okay. and paul's a better paul also like takes his his sons to, to wrestling like he like paul's a, a a, a pretty badass dad in general, right? So, of course, his sons are going to be forced to watch something about Mary growing up because he understands the way that it works. You you're, you, never watched anything? Like, you you don't... Nope. What about Star Wars, for example? No. Uh, I, I, no. I personally don't I, like... Yeah, I don't, no. I don't like... I don't like Star Wars that... Harry, I don't Harry Potter, I don't like... Wait, wait, wait. Those are two uh, different... You're saying two different things yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But, like... Oh, you're saying like, two different like things. Certain, it's, yeah. I have no problem with not liking something. That doesn't bother me in any way. It's not having watched. Oh it. yeah, like I like I've I've watched clips and what beginnings. Do you, you watch clips and 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 movie. Like if my friends have it on, I'll I'll sit oh, down and watch. Won't. 
But I won't willingly be like, oh, yeah, let me watch a Star Wars movie today. For what it's worth, I, like, I watched, I've told the story a million times. I went and saw the first Lord of the Rings film in the theater. It was three hours of them walking around. And at the end of the guy, the, 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 the little kid says to the fat guy, hey, buddy, I'm glad to have you around. And the film just ends. And I said, I'll never watch another one of these again. Oh, I, like, love, the Lord, never, I love the Lord of the Rings. I'll never do that because I wasted three hours of my life. And they're all like, I'm complaining about it as I'm walking out of the theater. My friends are like, well, they're just setting up the next one. I'm like, then skip this one. Then get to the part where something happens. So I'm out. I will never watch another Lord of the Rings so because of how my those hours of my life were wasted. I've never seen Harry Potter. I'm, I've, I've yeah. never seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah. All right. And Glenn's gonna jump down my throat on this. this is another one of those moments. I've only seen two of the Star Wars. No, movies. I don't. I'm not a Star Wars guy in any way. Right. Like I, I, I've, oh, I've watched them. Like I, I, I've watched the all. First of them. one I'm not a big Star Wars. Ever guy. saw was um, the Phantom. Menace oh God! Now that's when worse. I was in high that's school. And, and and no, that's it, so much worse. And it, it ru- I, like Jar Jar Binks alone made me yeah. never want to watch another one. And then in then like ten years ago, I watched the very okay, first this... one that was ever made, and I haven't watched one since because it did all nothing right. for me. Right. It did nothing for me. Look, I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but I assure you, I've watched all of them. And in fact, when they when we were in when you and I well I was in high school they put them all back in theaters the original ones at one point I went and rewatched all of them in a theater too just because I was like well I want to experience that right like I wanted to experience um, going and seeing those films in a movie theater I, they're not mine they're not for me yeah. they're just not it, but I I don't knock them I don't think they're terrible they're just not for me and I'm okay with that but I've I've done the work. Like, I've done the work to know that. I know they're not for me. Because I went and I watched them, and I said, I, I get it. It's a cultural touchstone. It's something that means a lot to a lot of people. It's just not for your boy. A lot of people are, a lot of dudes are into My Little Pony. Not for me. <laughs> just not for me. What was the very first Star Wars? I know that there's Return of the Jedi and The Empire Strikes Back. What the was first the, one was just called Star Wars. Star Wars. I believe it's A New Hope is Star- how they've branded it since then. Yeah, the, I watched that one, and... It did nothing for me. It did not make me feel like, all right, I need to watch the rest of these. I was just like, all right, it's a Yeah, movie. I would still go back and watch the other two. I would still watch Empire and Jedi. Like, I would still do that just mm-hmm. to have that reference, to and know may- what people are talking about. And maybe I have seen them as a child, and I just don't remember it. Because I'm sure there's things about it that I'll, that I'll recognize. I've seen I'll- the Princess Leia scene and all that. Like right, right, yeah, the bikini, and, and, yeah, the whole deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, and Job of the Hutt and all. I know right. who, these, who these people That's are. I just don't really recall... The movies themselves. Right. You're a Star Wars? I actually remember them. You're all in on Star Wars? I'm actually, so Star Wars is my least favorite, but I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan and Hobbit. And How so am I supposed to overcome I wasting like three Wars. hours? I, I wasted like three Star hours in a, motion, in, a, in, a, in a cinemaplex in my first year of college. When I was a freshman in college, I wasted three hours watching them walk. I don't know. All they did I for like the entirety it. of the first movie was walk around. Have you read the books? No! You think I can read? No. No. <laughs> you think I was going to start doing don't read. that? Read. But I'm really disappointed no one here is a Harry Potter fan because that's my like number one. My, my, you know, actually, my wife, I don't know if she loves, I think she loves Harry Potter. I think she never forced me to, uh, at one point, my wife cut a deal with me because she's all into the vampire ones, the, the Twilight. Twilight. She loves herself okay. some Twilight. And at one point, she cut a deal. What? <laughs> You what? Twilight. All well, Cassidy right. seemed very excited about Twilight. She did. <laughs> yeah, I had to give um, it a look. Like, yeah, right. Okay, that was One like those, my huh? time. Like that. Okay, was, like, all right. Up right. On Twilight. It's still your time. My my wife. Yeah, my wife like, was very much into Twilight to the point. She, my wife loves Twilight and the Fast and the Furious. Right. I never gave Twilight so a chance. Random. I gave Fast and the Furious a chance. It's not for me. Again, like I I get it. It's I. There are people. There are males our age who are like, dude, what's not the like? It's cars and. And shooting and all, I'm like, mm, no, it's not. It's for chicks. That's like, it's a chick thing. 
Um, so it's fine. Wait, wait, wait. You've said this before. How is the Fast and the Furious? It's for chicks. For chicks. It's for chicks. It's because it's about relationships and it's about it, it's way it's about more family. than John Wick is for dudes because it's, it's not John about Wick. relationships. John Wick. It's just about John straight Wick. up uh, m- 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 murdering people. That's all it is. Fast and Furious is for dudes. No, I'm it's sorry. for it chicks. It is for dudes. It's I have watched chicks. every Fast and Furious movie and I think that it is straight for the male agenda. No, what yes. is the male agenda? It what is. is the male agenda? It is. It's cars. I got to learn about what the male like, agenda is. I don't think no, I'm doing well. Like, I don't know. The acting is just like. No, the acting's terrible. It's of terrible. course it's terrible. It's all fighting, but they're punching, chick- big dudes. Twilight's got terrible acting, too. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like. It's for chicks. It's Although werewolves and I vampires. Saw, so the one, I, whatever the one was that had the baseball game was the one that my wife made me go see. So we cut a deal. Like, I refused to go see a Twilight with her. I was like, I'll never do this. Did she say this one has baseball in no, it? No, no, no. What she did is she offered me a one-time, I, I'll i say yes, no questions asked to anything card. Right? Like, right? That was the trade-off. Like, you do this, you get a one-time anything. And I'm like, all right, all right. I mean... Boy, you know, within reason, obviously. <laughs> like, within, I'm over here, within like, reason. Like, like Jack Nicholson. In, I assure in you, anger management. I assure you, you're thinking like most of the things that you're thinking about. The other person is going to say no, so just keep that in mind, right? Um, so she's like, "I'll give you a one-time cash in for anything you want." I'm like, "All right, well, I'll file this one away. Like this will do." It was such a miserable experience to me that I tried to fall asleep. Like I tried to force myself asleep, and I couldn't. And I wanted to start screaming. Because it was just the most heinous thing I've ever spent time with in my life. It is horrible. But I can say that because I watched it. I saw. I know. It's God awful. Awful. I actually have never spent time with Harry Potter. Harry Potter might be delightful. I've never spent any time with it whatsoever. Because it's not. It was never my thing. It was not a thing for me. I, I like superheroes. That's what's for me. Superheroes are my thing. I'm all in. I'll watch every single one, every single time. That'll be the way that I live. The wife hates superhero movies. She likes Batman. That would, would not work. But we she would, hates that superhero would, movies, so I got to go see him with somebody else. We would, we would call that irreconcilable differences is what we would call that in and this situation. And a friend, situation. not somebody else, a friend. I have to go see them with friends. <laughs> He's going on a date. He's going yeah. on. I've got, I've got a wife and I've got a movie side piece. That's the way that it works. But we're going to see Jackass next Friday. That's the thing oh, we're yeah. doing. Absolutely. We're going to see Jackass after the show next Friday. If anybody wants to go with us to see Jackass next Friday after the show, let me know. We'll arrange a, a class field trip to see Jackass. All right. Uh, coming up, we are going to chat with uh, Bruce Billick from. By the way, Brian Powell Cassidy would not. She's not from here, so I'm not going to give her the counties quiz because she's not from here, so she would not know the counties here. I'm not mad about that. It's the others that I'm mad about that are from here and don't know the counties in the state where they live. Not Cassidy. She gets a pass on that one. You want to come up with something else? We can come up with another quiz for Cassidy. We just won't do that one. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by... Ooh, this one's brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed last night, Stand the Fan and Gary Stein did a very fun show about the uh, the card business, like which is insanity, which is bat-ass, and another thing that's just not for me. Like I'm not in the... Like, as a kid, I was. I had a billion cards. Are you into it, Jordan? Are you I into can't. It? Like Hang on, turn Jordan's mic like, back on. I'm I'm all in. I had a uh, like. Do you go when they do like like drops and you're like fighting people to get the the cards when they drop them off no, at the so Target I, store? I, I don't I don't do it like that. But I've I've got I've got quite quite the collection amassed. And I actually uh like the Mike Mike Trout rookie card right now. If you looked up a Mike Trout rookie I, if card, if you have something that's a value, I would not tell people that you do. Well, I I sold it already. Oh, okay, all right, so it's good. gone. Yeah, it's right, gone. Right. But it was a uh, the Mike Trout rookie card. And it's like the ungrade for those not 
there's graded, ungraded. Ungraded is just the card right out of the pack. I sold it for five hundred dollars. Hmm. Like my and hmm. and I, and 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 maybe that maybe that yeah, was, was bad. On say, my, might, yeah, yeah, it may, might have been worth may, more than may, that. Exactly may, right. Maybe I'll maybe I'll regret that down the road. But I wouldn't I, look back into it ever but, again. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would yeah. just leave it alone yeah. and pretend and, like it never happened. And and so it's like, but yeah, I'm I I was big into the card business before COVID, going to card shows and stuff like that, and trading with people online and this and that and the other. And now it's just. I mean, everything exploded. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. Well, Stan and uh, Gary were chatting about that last night. And, of course, early in the week, Stan and Ross caught up with Don Stanhouse. Those shows available right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab or go to pressboxonline.com slash video. Come back in. Preview the weekend in football betting. How are we making money this weekend down at Live Casino and Hotel on the FanDuel Sportsbook? That's next. Glenn Clark Radio. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com from all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on The Bataround. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. 
We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. So I, we were talking in the break about um, uh, apparently Jordan's parents just never took him to the movies, which is a very weird bit. My parents had taken me to the movies a lot growing up, but I happen to remember very vividly when I was like 12 years old. My father was very excited that they had made a film out of uh, Starship Troopers. He was super into it when he was young. So he was very excited about Starship Troopers and going to theaters to see it. That is the second Starship Troopers mentioned on this show this week. This week, I know. We brought up, and I meant to tell the story then. So my uh, my father was like, that's what I want to do for my birthday is I want to go see Starship Troopers. So it's like a Wednesday. It's a school night, right? Like, and we're going to see Starship Troopers, and I'm 12. And, like, literally the first scene in the movie is a super gratuitous, like, boobs everywhere scene, right? And it's me... <laughs> and my parents, and my, like, 10-year-old sister, and I am just looking up at the screen like, you know, like that. <laughs> and my father is just like, uh, like, doesn't know what to do because he's very proper. Like, he's a very religious man, right? Like, it was very uncomfortable for him that the first thing on this screen in the, the Starship Troopers they re-released. My father, yeah, when I was a kid, he took us to see the people under the stairs, um, I don't know that. I'm not it's, familiar. It's, it's a comedy horror movie where it's, okay. they're, they're cannibals. Oh, people. all right. Nice. And it's, it is though seven or eight-year-old kids should be seeing that yeah, movie. Yeah. And he also took us to see Schindler's List because my sister needed to see well, it I mean, for okay, but that's project. Yeah, that's at least educational. It's, yeah, it's a lot I for sp- a kid. I, yeah. I spent the it's majority of that movie with my head in my no shirt. No doubt. People it's a lot. Head. It is a lot, but at least it's you know got some educational value. It's yeah. not. There's no educational value in Starship Troopers. I promise you that. No, I, oh, I, every, I saw or, as, <laughs> or as I described it to every kid that I saw the next day in school, Starship Hooters was the way that I... <laughs> 12-year-old Glenn Clark was on the cutting edge of comedy, my friend. We were right at the front of the line. All right. uh, This weekend, the place to be, of course, every weekend the place to be, but particularly for championship weekend, the place to be is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in a hotel. Get down there. Have the opportunity to make some money. Joining us now to tell us a little bit more about what you can bet on this weekend, he is the GM of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. He is our friend, Mr. Bruce Billick, and he's back with us on GCR. Bruce, what's going on, bud? Hey, good morning, Glenn. Thanks for having me on again. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, Bruce, first of all, what a time I had down there last Sunday, man. Oh, my God, the atmosphere. If, if people have never gone down and watched a big game in the FanDuel Sportsbook, it is so insane. I, there were maybe a total of like eight people who were like really ardent, hardcore Buccaneers or Rams fans. But every moment in that game was insane because you realize everybody's got action. Like everybody is feeling it. And the oohs and the ahs and the people losing their mind. It felt like you're in a stadium when you're watching the game in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, I would have to say it rivals uh, rivals being in that any stadium. The NFL playoffs bring ton of action, ton of energy. Uh, you guys obviously being there helped helped out with that tremendously. But uh, other than the part where a couple of Buccaneers that. fans wanted to fight me, Bruce, there was there was a brief <laughs> moment in there, and and we got past it. But like I I thought we were cool. I thought we had established a rapport, 
And so when they fell behind by a few scores late, I went over the, to talk to them, and they were not they were not in the mood. They were not in the mood to chat at that point. Yeah, there there were a lot of Tom Brady backers that weren't too happy to yeah. until he brought them back almost to uh, to win there, but uh, didn't didn't come. From- I I noticed a lot of people racing over with to get. Uh, Buccaneers money line tickets. When the, this is the cool thing for people that don't. The best part about being there during the games is in-game betting, right? Like is watching the spread and watching the money line move. And if you feel something about a certain team, saying like I, I said after the Rams scored the first time, if you were a believer in the Buccaneers, now all of a sudden they're they're dogs, right? Like you've got some money that you can go make, and that number got down. At one point, it was down as far as like. Uh, plus fourteen hundred, right during the course of the game, Bruce, wasn't it? It was. It got all the way up to fourteen to one for the Bucks to win that game. So uh, we did have a few people that nibbled on nine to one, eight to one. So uh, they had a chance there. A really yeah, good it was a real day. chance to cash in, no doubt about it. Uh, ultimately, did not happen, but uh, what a time it was! All right, let's talk about this weekend. Let's start with the AFC Championship game, Bruce. The we saw these teams a few weeks ago and the Chiefs and the Bengals, and the Bengals came out on top. Massive game for Jamar Chase, and yet, this time around, the Chiefs are seven-point favorites, which seems like you know, a fairly big number. Man, watching how the Chiefs have played, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot here that's interesting to me about this game. Um, take me through the lines and then some other things that people can bet on specifically in the AFC title game. Yeah, this is a great matchup. It's a it's another rematch from Week 17 where the Bengals kind of fell behind quickly, 21 to seven, took a deficit to the uh, to the Chiefs there. Um, luckily, uh, Joey Burrow and Jamar Chase had huge days, which brought them back. Uh, Joey Burrow threw for 446 yards and four touchdowns. Jamar Chase had 11 receptions for 266 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, so they were able to come back and win that game, which just kind of propelled them, and it really kind of use that momentum all the way through to take them to the AFC Championship game on Sunday. Uh, the, the current line is Kansas City minus 7.5 with the total sitting at 54.5. So that line's bumped up about a half a point over the last okay. few days. Um, I, I think, you know, the, with the way Kansas City's playing, they were able to come back and, and win a dramatic game over the Buffalo Bills last weekend to finish out uh, you know the divisional round. I think yeah, I think there's uh, plenty of interest in, in the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Uh, yeah, some of the, a few of the parlay props that kind of popped out to me this week. You know, Jamar Chase. We have a, we have an option for Jamar Chase to have 100 plus receiving yards and one or more touchdowns at plus 280. Uh, wow, wow. That's a really nice line considering he had you know 266 yards and three touchdowns right. in the first matchup. So. Yeah, he, uh, he can have literally well. like half of that, and you'd still be cashing <laughs> in well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then we got another one here that's uh, pretty cool. So we've got both teams to score in all four quarters. That's 6-1. to one. I think a lot of people are looking at this game and expecting kind of a shootout yep. high-scoring game. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it's not, not far-fetched to oh. think that each of these teams okay. can both score. So you're saying both, te- both teams score in all four quarters. Correct. That's so every team oh, has to have that. at least one point in all four quarters. I love that. Uh, and that's sitting at 6-1 to one right now currently. I love that one. Uh, I know Travis Kelsey obviously has been you know, a massive target, had the game-winning touchdown last week for Kansas City. Um, give me a number for him. I think if, if I'm down there Sunday, uh, Travis Kelsey as an anytime touchdown scorer seems like something that I am definitely throwing a few dollars at. It's... Yeah, the guy just has a knack of finding the end zone. I mean, he's he's tough to guard. He's usually, you know, isolated on linebackers, which is a complete mismatch. Um, and we currently have him sitting right now that, as a minus one fifty five favorite for an anytime touchdown. So 
you know, definitely uh, he's definitely favored to get in the end zone on Sunday. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And of course, um, and people can go when we talk about these. You know, I learned something last week, right? If you want to bet a same game parlay, you got to do that at the fifty-one kiosks, correct? That is absolutely correct. So our same game pro- uh, parlay product is only available on on the kiosk. Uh, so you have to use one of the fifty-one self-service betting kiosks to to place a self a same game parlay. And and are there any? I know you guys have been doing a lot of promotions related to the same game parlays. Is there anything we can plug that you guys are doing that that reminds people? Like I remember a week ago, it was like even if you lost, you could still end up being a winner with the same game parlay. Absolutely, we do have a uh, par- uh, a uh, promotion going on currently right now. So basically, uh, any par- same game parlay of twenty five dollars or more, you can get entered into a uh, drawing for a seventy five inch TV, um, a five hundred dollar gift card from Uber Eats for your Super Bowl party, um, a Sonos um, surround sound system. So pr- pretty nice package there for yeah, not a big betting same game parlays. <laughs> the only the only real rec- uh, requirement is you, you're a Live Rewards member for that. So sign up for Live Rewards, and then you get your in-game parlay, and when you come back down at the end of the game, even if even if it didn't hit, even if you lost, you bring it back down to the window, and you get entered to win. It's as simple as that. That is correct. Very good. Bruce Billick, uh, GM of the FanDuel Sportsbook there at Live Casino and Hotel. Let's talk about the NFC title game, um, which is – this one's the weirdest one, right? Because – I, I certainly understand on paper why the Rams are favored, but my God, the 49ers have dominated the Rams of late. Like it, it's a very weird scenario from a betting standpoint because I think we all look at the two teams and on paper say, yeah, we think the Rams really are the better team and they should be favored. But this matchup has just been so one-sided of late towards the 49ers. It really has, you know, the, uh, the, the, San Francisco 49ers actually won both regular season matchups. Back in Week 10 in San Francisco, they actually dominated the game, uh, beating the Rams 31-10. to And then in the final week of the, the regular season in Week 18, the 49ers had to win that game to get in the playoffs. So ironically, this is who the Rams are taking on in, in the uh, NFC Championship to get into the Super Bowl. The Rams actually took an early 17-0 lead in that game. Uh, the 49ers were able to storm back and won that game 27-24, getting them into the playoffs. So... Yes, this is a this is a, a line that, that some are scratching their heads at, uh, and and just another tidbit: the 49ers actually won the past six matchups. It's crazy, these two teams. It's crazy. So um, the line is currently sitting at Rams minus three and a half, with the total set at forty five and a half. So pretty pretty big game there. I mean, um, yeah. Any anyway, what, what what else in that game are you looking at? Yeah, we we have a, a few other things in there. So we have some uh, playoff specials that that are. Um, you know, pretty intriguing. I think. Oh, can I, Bruce? Can I tell? Is... Can I tell you what my favorite one is this weekend? By the way, and and, and I, I and I, hope, I, I saw it on the FanDuel site, so I hope it's one you guys are doing internally. I saw a all four teams score at least one touchdown and one field goal in in their game this weekend. Prop bet is that something I can bet this weekend? That is something that's available uh, both at the window and, and the kiosk. I and that love that. that. We've had a few wagers come in on that uh, this week too, as well. I, there's, there's I love. I cannot fathom a scenario. I get it. Like what was the Bills game a couple weekends ago where the Bills just scored touchdowns the entire time, or they didn't kick a field goal the entire game because they scored a touchdown on every drive. But like short of that, I, with these teams, I just don't see a scenario by which one of these teams doesn't have at least one touchdown and one field goal in all of these games. Uh, I, I tend to agree with you on that. I think one of the ones we talked about a little bit last week in one of the games, but I uh, found it again this week, Matthew Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo to have 300 or more passing yards each. 
and that's sitting at nine to one currently. Oh, I, that's it's tough. <laughs> you know, you know why that's tough, right? Because like you've got to bet on Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's just that's the that's the hard part on that one, Jimmy right? Garoppolo like a week ago, but but Bruce came up to me last week. He's like, dude, you know we're doing a four hundred four hundred thing on Brady and Stafford, and I was like, oh, I need that, I need that action immediately, and unfortunately, it didn't hit, which is a bummer. But I loved it. And this is a smaller number, right? This is just 300-300, but yet I'm not quite as excited about it because I'm like, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know. I don't know if I trust yeah, Jimmy I Garoppolo. Yeah, potentially getting over that if San Francisco's down going into the second half. Yeah, that's a good point. To Pass and throw. That, that, yep. could, that could potentially help us on that one. Yep, that would help. What else? What else jumps out at you? Uh, last thing I think we need to talk about is let's, let's talk about the Super Bowl outright. Uh, you know, we got four teams left to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, the current odds for each team currently. So we've got the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 125 to win the Super Bowl. We've got the Los Angeles Rams at plus 210 to win the Super Bowl. And then we have San Francisco at plus 460 and the Bengals at plus 850. So just so, so people know, that that's not a bet that gets – like if, if, for example, if you put that bet in this weekend and, and, and the team doesn't make the Super Bowl, it doesn't get canceled, you lose the bet, correct? That is correct, and that's the yeah, why so you're, you're getting on the team to win the Super Bowl, and yeah. that's why you're getting why better you're getting odds. Better exactly odds right. Chiefs, exactly right. You get so a if be- you think the Chiefs are shooing to win this weekend, and then hey, you think they get the Super Bowl, and they're they're you know likely to win that. You're going to get plus one twenty five on that now, whereas next week they'll be favored. We actually have the yeah, we actually have the look ahead lines too for next for the for the actual Super Bowl. Uh, so if the Chiefs were to visit the Rams, uh, you got the Chiefs at minus two and a half. If the Chiefs were to play the Forty ers you got the Chiefs at minus three. If the Rams were to play the Bengals, you got the Rams at minus three and a half. And if the 49ers were to play the Bengals, you got the 49ers favored at two and a half. So, uh, you know, it looks like any Super Bowl matchup that we do get is going to be, uh, you know, the line's going to be pretty tight. So it looks like we're in for uh, a pretty good game for Super Bowl 56. But you, but you just explained that so well, Bruce. The important part is if you're a believer in one of these teams, if you say right now you know that one of these teams is winning the Super Bowl, bet it now because you're going to get better odds with four teams left than you're going to get with two teams left by the time we get to next week. So go now Correct. this weekend to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino Hotel and get that bet in if you are uber comp. There's no zero chance. You, what Bruce just told you is, the Chiefs are going to be favored no matter what. No matter who, if they're in the Super Bowl next week, they're the favorites in the Super Bowl. So if you got plus odds right now on the Chiefs and you want to try to make some money that way, go get it now. Don't wait till next week because you're not going to get nearly that good of odds. All right, uh, Bruce. Anything else we can plug about what's going on? I mean, it's just I, I can't encourage Glenn, people I gotta, enough. You know, I got to ask you, Medvedev Nadal. Oh, gotta, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm. I haven't even looked. You know, it's funny. I haven't even looked at the odds yet. Can you tell me what the odds are? Because I, I assume that Medvedev is favored, and I'm definitely backing Medvedev at this point. So Medvedev's favored at minus one forty-six to win that matchup in the championship. So I think Medvedev is winning. I one thousand percent believe that. And actually, it just moved to minus one seventy eight. So yeah, that doesn't uh, su- it doesn't surprise me, Bruce. <laughs> I, where, where where are you? So do you look at that and say because I think somebody's saying to themselves, you mean the chance I have a chance to get into Rafael friggin Nadal as an underdog? I got a bite on that, right? But of course, everybody knows. Yeah, absolutely. Ra- 
and he's going for his 21st major, so there's some sentimental value there too as well. So yeah, anytime you can get the doll plus money, that's a that's a tough one to look at. Man, it's tough, but I I just I really am a believer in Medvedev right now. I think he's the best player in the world at the moment. At the yeah. moment, I get it. You know, one guy won three titles last year. I understand that, but I really he's do believe some great tennis. he's it's unreal, and he's playing so far off the baseline, Bruce. Like it's just how do you how do you hit a shot <laughs> past that guy? I was joking earlier. He's playing he really in Sydney, is. and he's returning. Like how do you get a shot past Daniil Medvedev, man? I don't know. Um, I'm probably going to end up being down there and throwing some money on Daniil Medvedev. Man, <laughs> man, I, I wish. So so people know the, the kiosks are available 24-7. So if you're down there exactly. Saturday night, you can get bets in for a 3.30 a.m. tennis match on the kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, but we also offer live wagering on that, that event, too, as it's going. So who knows if Medvedev gets down or Nadal gets down, you know, a game or two, you might be able to. To, to grab Nadal is uh, even better odds. So, Man, yes, we do offer live wagering on that between I, the hours of 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so you can get in there anytime to place those wagers. Bruce, I might need you to make a phone call to my wife to explain where I am at a certain time. <laughs> we might have to have a conversation off the air. You and I come up with a strategy for how we're going to handle that because that sounds like the way that I want to spend the early hours of Sunday morning. <laughs> hey, Bruce, um, yeah. I'm going to be in touch with you. I think we're going to try to make something a little bit more regular and um, some new programming that we might be doing here because uh, we want to do this more frequently, man. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time for us, as always. Looking forward to being back down there in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino Hotel. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes this morning. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. Have a great day. Bruce Billick, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. I love, I love, love all teams score at least one touchdown and one field goal. There's another one that's all teams score at least two touchdowns that you can bite on, but it's the same odds. It was At least it was when I was looking at it last night. And I like touchdown and field goal more than I like two touchdowns for every team. I think. I think I like that better. The 49ers really are the wild card here, right? Because there's just a scenario where they... They're just not all that functional offensively. Seventh-ranked right? offense, though. I understand that, but we all saw the same game a week ago. Yeah. And I get it. Again, it was cold. It was snowing. It was the whole deal. But like we're all, we all watch that performance, and it just leaves you a little shaky about the trust that you have in them. But one touchdown and one field goal. I think it's going to be a shootout, honestly. Between the Rams and the 49ers? Yeah, I really do. It could be. So then the only danger is, is it all touchdowns? And I just don't. It's you, so rare that you see that. It's Robbie Goldman. You'll get a field goal in there. But that, well, okay, but what about the Rams have to do it too? I'm saying all team, all four. The yeah. bet is all four teams have to have at least one touchdown and at least one field goal during the course of their games this weekend. I love it. I love yeah. that. I think it's gonna happen. I'm super excited about that one. I'm um, I'm not quite as ready. I like him throwing it out there, and I like they move the number down to 300, but I'm still not ready to throw money after Jimmy Garoppolo and guaranteeing me 300 yards. No I get it. Jimmy no Garoppolo has, is most definitely on the whole played better than people give him credit for. But there's just always that risk that you're going to get clunker Jimmy Garoppolo that week. And obviously you got it a week ago, and maybe that's the best reason to bet it this week because like, you're not going to get it back-to-back weeks, and you don't normally get it from him against the Rams either. But... Ah, it's just a level of confidence I'm not ready to have just yet in Jimmy Garoppolo. But I love that touchdown field goal thing. I love that number. All right. We got to take another break, right? Today's show brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. When we come back in, Young Utes and 
we're going to judge young youths today. Cassidy's going to tell us, because sometimes I accuse Jordan of not actually speaking to the young people because he's a bit of an old soul. So Cassidy's going to judge and is going to let us know if young people actually care about the stories that Jordan's going to tell us about next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD gamblinghelp.org that first sip that first bite Mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com The latest issue of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, John, uh, we were talking earlier about the old venues. He said he once drank beers with Billy Corgan after they played for like 50 people at the old Max's and Fells back in the day. That's a great. Do you have either of you any idea who Billy Corgan is? No, of course you don't. Of course Lead you singer don't. of the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, but, but I have to accept this. I yeah. just have to accept that this is I, the way um, things are going. There's now. no way they know who this guy is. And I worked when I worked at the Baltimore Comedy Factory about 10 years ago. Um, Bill Bellamy was in there doing an act, and we all went and got drunk with him after his show. I love Bill Bellamy. Love Bill Bellamy. Dude, uh, Def Jam's How to Be a Player was one of my favorite films, and Bill Bellamy came in studio with us a handful of times. Great dude. Just a great dude. 
and um, was was my favorite VJ on MTV back in the day. Back when, do you guys know that MTV used to show music videos? Are you guys aware of that? Lots of things. Kurt Loder is like seventy something years dude, old now. He's it's yeah. There's <laughs> there's a lot of sadness there. There's a lot of dude, but that really hit me that we have interns that were not born when there's some that that hit me in a way. The most difficult moment for me to this point in my life as far as accepting how old I am I remember we lost about an hour of the show one morning because on drive in I pu- I was flipping between radio stations you guys know they play music on the radio are you guys familiar with the radio alright anyway um, so I was flipping between radio stations and um, the classic rock station in town was playing Hey Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms. One of my favorites. Hey Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms is one of the most perfect songs ever made. It is, it's an encapsulation of a period of time that I cannot explain otherwise. It is perfect. It will, it, it's perfect for drunken sing-alongs. It's perfect for cry singing. It's perfect for all of it. Like, Hey Jealousy is a perfect song. And one morning, I'm driving into work, and I'm flipping between, and they're playing Hey Jealousy on the classic rock station. And I walk in, and I say, I'm not capable of talking about anything else. you got to shut down whatever we were doing today, because today's show is going to be about this. And everybody's like, you're an idiot. They play songs that came out like five years after that on the classic rock station. Like, they are... That was early 90s. Like, they're well into the 90s at this point. And I'm like, oh, God, I want to die. I just want to die. I don't, I don't want to live here anymore. And that's the way that I felt getting the, that, that news that they were both not born yet when that, There's Something About Mary came out. I can't remember the song, but on the way home from Do you have here, any idea how many times I yelled Franks and Beans just walking around the halls of Perry Hall High School? I just would, <laughs> would just start yelling it out, out of nowhere. Franks and Beans! Like, I just... It's, it was that, it meant that much to me! God! I want to die. I just... This place isn't for me anymore. <laughs> like, this is... It's, it's, it's over. It's, it's all over. It's only going to get worse, man. Oh, I don't want to think about it. I don't even want to think about You're it. You're not even that 40 really, yet. Yeah, I'm not quite. Not quite. I'm, 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 I'm creeping up, though, dog. You, you are cruising to and beyond. I am creeping Lord up willing. on 40. My son was talking the other day about how my wife's going to turn 39, and he was just like, like, because they have no concept of how old that is, right? And she, like, we are the same. My wife and I are the same age. We were born in the same year, the whole deal, right? We're the exact same age. So we're both turning 39 this year. And she, her birthday is just before mine. Her birthday is in uh, April. Mine is in September, right? And so I jokingly would be like, oh, my God, you're old. <laughs> like, you're old. God, you're old. I don't know how I'm still here, you know? <laughs> like, you're so old. And she'll be like, we're the same age. I'm like, I know, but you're old. <laughs> we talk about it a lot. Look at her. She's house. just so old. God, this, this sagging. Never mind. All right, anyway. Uh, anyway. What are we doing? Oh, this part. <laughs> Oh, I always want to stick the landing, and I never do. I never. That stick one, the that landing. one was much better. It was going better much better to begin show. with, but then it fell apart again at the end. It Run out fell of steam. apart. But I, I love whistling because my kids can't do it. They can't snap either, right? And they're like, "How do you do?" They think it's the most. They, they think they're watching someone discover fire for the first time because you're whistling. Did you ever learn that the snap sound is actually the pat of your finger hitting the pat of your palm and not the fingers themselves snapping? That doesn't make any sense. That's what it I is. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. 
well, you know what? That might actually make sense now that I do it again. Maybe there's some sense to that. Anyway, it's time for Young Utes. Young Utes is brought to you today by, oh, you know what? Underdog fantasy football because little Jordan's been deep in the underdog fantasy football game. He has been, you go crazy. Like, you don't do like two two player prop parlays. I'm, you, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like all in like five, five person parlays like you're trying to make parlays. the big money you're yeah. trying like I, to like, like i threw i threw down like five bucks to win a hundred it's a chick stick the long ball situation yeah, I, you're swinging I, for the fences yeah i was like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna i still have my free play from when i signed up that's why well, for those and that don't know if you use the code press box and go to underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog app we will match up to 100 dollars on your first deposit so what did you put down when you signed up I, p- I put down twenty five. So, so you put twenty five, and you got your twenty five dollars, yeah. right, for free. Yeah. So you rolled. Have you rolled through the free play oh, at this point? I rolled through that, like, and <laughs> yeah. that that was like the first weekend. Yeah. So now you're back. Now you're into Jordan's money. Yeah. Now and now I'm not doing too hot either oh, with it. No. So. Well, but you're having fun. Is the oh, point. I'm, ha- I'm having, having a blast. And if the next one hits, it's gonna make up all that yeah, money. Yeah, that's what I Because you're ta- swinging for the I fences. Ke- I keep. Ta- I was like, oh, five bucks to a hundred. I would make my money. Do back you play all overs? No. So I. I. I would like to play all overs, yeah. but there are just some unders that are just I'm like, oh, that looks, that looks so right, appealing. Fair enough. Fair enough. I've never been tantalized by an under. I like religiously struggle with, except I don't know if I can say out loud. I did. I hit on an under bet recently, me and somebody else, but it was very personal. I'll tell you more about it off the air. I'll tell you more about it. Um, anyway, the moral of the story is that you go to underdogfantasy.com or you download that underdog app, use that code PRESSBOX, and you get that deposit, first deposit matched up to $100. And keep in mind, keep in mind that when football season ends, underdog doesn't end because they've got basketball and they've got hockey. And if we ever get around to playing baseball, they're going to have baseball. And I hope that we will. There was some good news, some progress in talks this week. Still far apart in a couple of things, but progress made. Some concessions on both Con- sides. 100%. Nice. A lot of people were starting to get excited that maybe even spring training could start on time. I'm not yet there. I'm not there quite yet. But I'm I'm more hopeful that it won't be a significant. And as I said, it doesn't really matter to us if spring training starts on time or not. It matters in those communities. Like It's a big deal to them yeah. if it starts on time or not. Um, but I'm starting to get the hope that it'll be only slightly impacted. Um, this season. So I am excited about that, and you'll be able to play baseball with underdog fantasy football. Uh, I need Cassidy, I need you to slide back into the camera shot um, because what we're going to do, Jordan, the concept of this segment started with I want it to be things that the segment's young youths. I want it to be things that the young people are talking about. I think that it is is morphed into more of a here are just some things that we're not talking about that I'm going to talk about on the show because you didn't talk about them. But I'll ask him sometimes. I'll say, Jordan, are young people really talking about this? And he'll be like, yeah, absolutely. Well, now we've got a fellow young person. Hello. What's the what's the Steve Buscemi thing? What's the hello, fellow teenagers or whatever? <laughs> um, we've got another young person in the house. Uh, Cassidy is here. Cassidy has fans. Don't be creeps. Don't be creeps. Hey, did you watch the soccer match last night? Could you talk in the microphone, please? No, I did not. What? I thought you were, what, what, what we, when we asked the other day, I said there's a qualifier. Are you going to be watching? You said, yeah. I said I was not going to watch oh. it. Uh, did I make? I had I, meetings all last night, so oh, I couldn't. All right, fair enough. You yeah. got your own thing going on. There's this on. thing called DVR. You know. She clearly okay. just doesn't then care I that much. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, all right. What, the moral <laughs> of the story, they, the U.S. didn't look that good. They didn't, but thankfully they got uh, Anthony Robinson got a goal in the second half uh, on a ball that was kind of bouncing around in the box. He powered it home. 
Uh, it, it's ironic that a, a defender scored last night because the the forwards, the stri- they, they, the offense did not look great. Did not look great. Also played kind of a strange lineup last night. That's all. That's all. But they won. That's all they needed to do. They needed to get three points. They got them. They play Canada now on Sunday. So Cassidy is going to be the judge. So you're going to give the story. We'll talk about it. And then we will have Cassidy. I will ask her the question. Cassidy, is this actually something that young people care about or not? And we will see. If you get two out of three, I'd say you did pretty well. If you go worse than that, might be Cassidy's turn to do Young Utes next week. Might be the way that things go moving forward. All right, Jordan, what you got? So first one is, you know, GTA 5. Yeah? Mm -hmm. GTA 5, the video game. I'm familiar. So people have been using GTA 5 to recruit drug runners. Oh, good. Oh, good. Through the online platform. According to Forbes, in November of last year, the Customs and Border Protection officials in Arizona pulled over a Jeep Cherokee being driven by Alyssa Navarro. Inside the Jeep... Alyssa Milano? Navarro. Navarro. Go ahead. I got nothing. (laughs) The Jeep Jeep had 60 kilograms of meth that was being transported to Mexico. Okay. When Border Protection asked her how she had gotten all the drugs and why she was driving with them... She said it all started after she met a man while playing GTA online. As explained by Navarro... How does this work, by yeah. the way? Like, I'd like to know yeah. how that conversation so, gets broached. So, as, as explained by Navarro, she was playing GTA with a man who said his name was George. After playing a few rounds together, they eventually exchanged Snapchat info and later met up in Phoenix. Once in person, oh, Navarro... Sounds like a completely different yeah. thing. Once in person, Navarro says George asked her to be a runner and transport electronic items in a Jeep from Arizona to Mexico and that he would pay $2,000 per trip with a rate rising depending on how many electronics she delivered. Then, Navarro was directed to meet up with a man named Alfredo. Yes, I'm sure. I'm so sure the man's name was Alfredo. Who, who loaded the Jeep with drugs and hid them in the car's fuel tank. Yeah. I mean, that, by the that, way, that, I've had quite a few meetings with a man named Alfredo yeah. in my life as an Italian. I have qu- had quite a few evenings. All right, so there's a couple things that jump out to me before we ask the question. One, there are times in watching Ozark where I say to myself, no one ever says no. Like, no one ever gets approached about something and they're like, no, that's very illegal and I could die. <laughs> like, no one ever says no. And it just seems like a stretch beyond reasonable imagination, right? Like, at some point, you're going to meet someone who's going to say to themselves, like, no, I'd rather not be involved with the Mexican cartel. Like, I understand you're offering me money, and that sounds great, but, like, no, you're literally telling me I'm going to work for the cartel. I'm going to pass. Like, pass. My life is better this way if I don't do that. And this story actually gives credence to the idea that perhaps... That's closer to real life than I realize that it is. And that the there girl's are name four... is Navarro. Correct. It's she's very much part of the Navarro crime family, one hundred percent. That sh- there just might be more people who are like, nope, don't care if I die, I die. Right? Like, I'll just go do anything whatsoever. Well, Dolph Lundgren. Um, I would like to know more about the transition from hanging out and playing GTA online to do you want to be a drug runner? Like, I would like to know a little bit more about that whole scenario. I am not, I've never been an online gamer in my life. Again, when I was that age, we didn't have set option. We were, we were, we had to play against the computer or our friends. And of course, if we had friends, we probably wouldn't be playing video games. So it's sort of what it was, right? 
I don't know about how those con like is this just a meeting place for the people go on there and like sell their baseball cards while they're playing GTA online with friends. I just don't know what the conversations are like while you're playing GTA, so I don't know how you would get there. That all being said, story number one has been rolled out. Cassidy, is this something that young people care about? Care about? Um, well, okay, I'll ask it two ways. Okay. Is it something that young people are care about, and then is it, are it something that young people are talking about? It's definitely something that they're talking about, but I don't think they, they care. They're familiar with this story. Young people know about... I think young people do know about this stuff because, I mean... In a lot of social, like in a lot of social settings, like we're all based off of technology. Like our whole life is based. Do you off play? Technology. Do you play video games at all? I do. I'm not do very pl- good at them. What do you them. play? What do you play? I play like Fortnite here and there, and like okay. little right. games. But all like right. I'm not like. But like when you're hanging out with other people, or do you like ever play? Yeah, that? like okay. I'm. I never like really play. Like on you my wouldn't own. just be sitting in. No. Okay. Right. No. I play like zombies with my sister. Like okay. Your basic. Right. Like I don't know what you, zombies is. I'm sure. Call of Duty. Oh. Black Ops. Yeah. <laughs> that boy, that was very. There is such a dichotomy between. There's a whole thing. Paul I, and I, I are looking I, at I, each other. I know, I know what zombies. Oh, because okay. that's, that's, that's me, man. That's just been, that's me. Been around on Call of Duty F for me, huh? at, at least a decade. That's like All one right. of the video games that most girls can play or like right. enjoy right. playing. Fair enough. It's but terrifying. Had, yeah. By the way, it's all fun. of the Ravens players were playing Call of Duty during. Um, <laughs> I had to lie and pretend like I knew what I was talking about because during the pandemic, when they all had all during the pandemic, every day we had a different player call in for like forty-five minutes because they had nothing to do, right? So they're like, "Yeah, I'll call in every day." And they were all playing, and this is what they were doing together. Like, that's all they were doing is hanging out and playing Call of Duty. That's, like, legitimately the extent. Even during the season, they're like, we can't get together. We're not allowed to hang out with each other, so we just hop online and play Call of Duty. That's how we're passing our time. I'm like, okay, you know, like, I, it's just past me, man. It's over. Those days are those days are gone. But you say they're, this is something that young people. Yeah, I mean, I've played GTA before, but I've also, like, you like when you but i mean this to, particular story yeah it's like when you communicate pe- with people through like especially xbox or whatever you play ps4 and you're not just saying this to is. be nice to jordan no I, right. I, I got a lot of questions i don't know him anything i can yeah, i but can you're, be honest you're both gonna be around like right, you don't wanna, right, i'm saying you got to be willing to say hey, no there's two more this could be the right, only one enough, i'm enough. not all i'm right. not in any rush all to right. give him any right, any handouts good. here number two rumor that kanye west is telling people i'm out Pete David, I know, I know you hate the Kanye ones. Rumor that Kanye West is telling people Pete Davidson has AIDS called nonsense. And so, I got a lot of, I got a lot of. (laughs) This one's self-explanatory. No, okay, go on. So, so this week, DJ Academics alleged that. DJ Academics. I know him, we go way back there. That's my DJ name. Yeah. That Kanye we'll tell people my DJ has name. been telling everybody within an earshot of himself that Davidson has AIDS. He further alleged he's received claim the DJs refer has received claims of Ye trying to spread the rumor that Pete Davidson is AIDS to numerous sources. And so But what's the in, part? In, in, somebody in, else refutes said in, story? Yeah, in, in, in a report shared Friday, TMZ cited sources close to Davidson. And then in parentheses, who's been linked with Kim Kardashian for some time now? Oh, I, I, I and, haven't yeah, heard. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, they, nobody talks about that at all. As uh, adding that mutual friends of Davidson and Ye have been confused and dis- disturbed by the alleged rumor. Meanwhile, a source close to Kanye told the publication that the allegation of him spreading any such rumor is nonsense. So, a uh, couple of thoughts. One, 
I'm going to guess that young people do care about this because it seems like young people care a lot about uh, the Pete Davidson. I, f- I feel like he's quite popular with the the, the young folks, correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that I, uh, that damn it. Now it means he's gonna. Yeah, pay. he got two. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Um, I have a couple of thoughts. One, I don't know why. Why is this guy making this up? Like, who is DJ? Because it was just some guy. No, he, so he, he like is he plugged in with so, Kanye? So is he's he... he's like a he surrounds himself with like all the influential figures in pop culture, uh-huh. and he just like takes to Instagram and just spouts like. Sometimes he spouts wisdom, but ninety nine percent of the time when he, it's when he just spouts nonsense. wisdom, like he tells you to wash yeah. your hands, like yeah. what it was. What is just, the wisdom he's just spouting? Like facts about Kanye the West saying that Pete Davidson has yeah. AIDS isn't wisdom, even yeah. if it's true. It's still not wisdom. There's nothing. I, I hate that we have to. Why is about yay. that? We don't. I assure you, we do yeah, not. Uh, you don't have yeah, to do anything uh, at all. Yeah. You don't have to do anything at all. I would prefer we didn't talk about him at all, but like th- th- we do the segment every week, and somehow he creeps in. Do so. Young people care a great deal about Pete Davidson. Do young people still care about Kanye West? My, my friends and I do. Okay. But Cassidy. Not, I don't think any one of my friends Ooh, really care for him. This is the first separation that we've seen. I like this. I mean, a lot of people think Kanye is just like mentally Yes, like, he is. Yeah. He's Ill? quite disturbed. Right, yes, he's disturbed. He has, he has a lot of problems. I think a lot of people just like were obs- like, I think they like the drama between Kim and Kanye and their right. split. But do people just, gen- like if Kanye West is doing something, there was no, a time, and th- I no, mean, there was a time I don't agree with that. where Kanye West, whatever he did, a young people, college age people, were obsessed with it. Like whatever he did, it didn't matter. I the man's like got to be forty something years, forty five, forty six years. He's got to be pushing fifty still, years old. Still at this putting point. out music. I that's fine, but I just refuse to believe that young people are as obsessed with a nearly. I swear to God, Kanye West. We're gonna find out how old he I is. I think if he wasn't with Kim, he would have like been forgotten. Like, I, in my opinion, I think that he wouldn't have been as popular. Why do? You, why do you never let anybody forget him? Why do young people still care about? But Kim? It, uh, based off of craziness. This is, this yeah. Is, this is what I. What I understand young people caring about Pete Davidson, right? Like he's kind of an it person at the moment. Like he's he's and, and look, I like Pete Davidson. He's funny. You know, like I'm I'm a fan. Um, why do young people care about Kim Kardashian still? Why is she relevant to young people? She's also in her 40s. She's also, like, do people still watch that show? I mean, it's over now or it's ending, but, like, my generation grew up on watching that. The like, show. The show. Okay. So, like, I remember my sister watching it, and I was, like, really young. So, like, i known Kim Kardashian and that whole family since okay. what I was, like, But well, I can understand, like, the younger ones still being relevant, yeah. still being influential, yeah. right? Because they're, you know, but I just would... I feel like there's not a lot of like 40 year olds that are huge. Well, she's with... still making herself relevant. Like she's what? She went to law school and oh, now I'm not, she's... That's, I'm not knocking her as a person. No, no, no. Right. I know I'm saying yeah. she keeps doing stuff to make herself relevant. But like is that something people like things. do you guys get together and you're like, hey, do you hear the Kim Kardashian went to law school? Like I just don't feel like that would be a topic that people would be interested no, in. No, but it's like forced out there. Like on, I guess it's because okay. of TikTok. I say it's because yeah. of TikTok. Okay. You can All literally right. see right. anything and it's like always okay. out there. That's interesting. That's interesting. I All don't right. care personally. And I don't know why other people care about it. So I also much. kind of, there's a small part of me that wants to believe that this is true because it's just the type of thing. Like he's such an idiot, and he's just so mental that like you want to believe yeah. in a way that it's true. That like Kanye West to Which, make himself yeah. but, like we've yeah. all done. Like every male after a breakup has like 
you know, she's crazy. And then you see the new, like, dude, him, like him, look at him. And in fairness, like, you know, there's a little bit of that with Pete Davidson. You're like, really him? Like, look at him. Like, what are we doing hey, here? Hey, girls think he's really I know, attractive. Girls I love don't Pete understand Davidson. It. It's so crazy. Girls love Pete Davidson. I know. And guys I like all it. the women that he's been with because they're all uh, very I mean, yeah, they're, they're quite attractive. Yeah. Nobody's debating. He's, yeah. he's, he's had quite, what do they call that? The body count? Is that what the yeah. kids yeah. call that? Yeah. yeah. He's had quite the body count. Nobody is debating that whatsoever. I just don't get it necessarily. But he's also funny, and I do know that that, as a man who only had funny going for him at some <laughs> point in his life, I do respect the fact that that helps you when you're talking to uh, to, to young women. All right, uh, number three. So are you familiar with YNW Melly? No, no? So, not at all. So he, he, what is that? So he, he <laughs> That's a person? Hang on, how is YNW Melly a person? That so, sounds like so a... He's, He's a rapper, and oh, he's well, you know what? All right, there we go. He's in prison right now <laughs> because he Probably. he made he made a song called "Murder on My Mind," and he got convicted of killing someone because he confessed and to a murder so, in the song. So correct, okay. exactly. So I that's, think I might that's have heard the premise. Of this story. So now Jay Z, Meek Mill, and numerous others are pushing for a law to prevent lyrics from being used in court against rappers to prove guilt. <sighs> And this has actually come up a lot. Maybe don't kill somebody. This, well, yeah, I'd start with that. Good point. Um, but this is deep. Like, this really is deep. And it's been talked about a lot in the last couple of years, right? Because art is art. And, like, you wouldn't use a movie. You wouldn't say, well, this actor killed this person in this movie, so clearly they're a murderer. Like, it doesn't work that way. And so I don't know what to do with this. I, I, have, I have heard this a number of times, and it's been very difficult for me to come up with an opinion, right? Because... If the evidence otherwise points to this person as being guilty, and then you throw in that maybe they rapped about it on top of it, it's kind of hard for me to think that should be ignored. It's difficult for me to think that it should be ignored. But I get it. It, it Art shouldn't be treated necessarily as evidence. It's a, yeah, I well, struggle it, with this. It's, it's fat, fat Joe said, our lyrics are a creative form of self-expression. Do you guys know anything about Fat Joe? <laughs> And and enter. Did you name a Fat and, Joe and, song? No. I okay, no. that's that's about right. And and entertainment, just like any other genre, we want our words to be recognized as art rather than being weaponized to get convictions in court. So exactly what you're saying is, is what they're it's they're art. coming it's here and they're, and they're saying. This is this really is difficult for me. Honest to God, it's very difficult for me because I also think it's extraordinarily rare that you'd have a circumstance like this, right? Um, their their point being you got to convict on the actual evidence, right? Like, if 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 there's actual, you know, if, if there's fingerprints, if there's an eyewitness, like, that's real evidence. This is not, a, I could just rap about something that has nothing to do with me. I'm not telling you about me. I'm just rapping, it's a song. I'm, I'm make, We had uh, Don McLean on. Oh, God, I'm about to ask a question, and it's going to really. There's no way they know who that is. There's no way. Y'all familiar with the song American Pie? Yeah. Yeah. They know the song. They don't know who. who it's wrote fine. It. I'll live with that. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll deal with it. Uh, we had Don McLean on talking about American Pie. And he's like, some of it's just nonsense. Like we, you know, John wanted to know about um, whiskey and rye, and he was like, I just, just did it to do it. It's a nonsensical song. Like it's just, it's there's a lot of the song that if you really like, look through the lyrics, you'd say that doesn't make any sense because it's for the sake of making a song, and. Not all hip-hop, but I think there's a lot of that in hip-hop. We're like, I'm not writing a first-person biography. 
I'm just making a song, man. Like, that's all that is. And so the lyrics shouldn't be used as actual evidence. Unless, and that's the part that makes it tricky. And I don't know enough about this guy's story. I don't know what other evidence they had. But if they had fingerprints and they had an eyewitness and they had all these things and they were like, oh, and by the way, he also rapped about it. I don't know how you ignore that. I don't know how you leave that out, man. Like, it's it's very difficult for me. It's very difficult for me. But I get where they're coming from, and I've I've heard this conversation a lot. Do young people care at all about this? Sadly, yeah. Wow. Sadly, three damn three. I really oh. didn't want to give it, but it definitely is something that people right. care about. All right, Jordan. He's he's well known. Like a lot uh, of people like oh, his why, music. Why, this Y and W. What is it? A and W root beer. Why? why yeah. Y and W root beer. Big A and W root beer guy. Y and W Melly. I've never I've so never I'm heard of him. Reading the lyrics to this to this song, did he this description he got? Is that like what happened? Like. So I I don't know for sure, but I I do know he 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 did try to kill someone. There's also the rapper Takei, who is in he he made a song uh, about doing doing the race and doing time and this and that, and and he also killed someone. Oh, Jesus Christ! Maybe we should really start start analyzing all lyrics. <laughs> start looking for more. Maybe there's some confessions that are deep in there. Uh, 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 Eduardo says he loves ha- Kanye, so maybe it's a dude thing. Maybe the dudes yeah. like dudes Kanye. Dudes like Kanye. Yeah. Dudes love Kanye. Yeah. I don't and, know and, what and, it is. And, and, and chicks are more like, no, the guy's crazy. We don't want to have anything to do with him. Yeah, we're just my, looking uh, my. I gave up on the guy a long time my, ago. My old roommate Ellis, ago. he would uh, he's go with the piano. Him and I would just Ellis from from Die Hard. You were roommates yeah. with yeah. that guy. That's yeah. amazing. We we would play. Oh God. Uh, oh God. He he would play I'm Runaway. Stop. Every night. Run, run stop, away. Stop, good stop song. for a second. Just stop for a second. Die Hard? Yes? Yeah. No. Oh, God. I, I know it. I haven't oh, seen it, but I know it. God. Hey, at least there's one. It's okay. This place is not for me, man. It's just not for me. It's over. It's over. I had a good run. Uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in over the years. Um, it's weird. I, I feel bad that abandoning it's a little Jordan and Cassidy show next <laughs> week. Jesus, so brutal. All right, very I'll, good. I'll still produce for you. You went, you went three for three. You went three for three. Well done, little Jordan. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by CCBC. If you are looking to hone your computer skills and uh, maybe you want an IT certification, CCBC Continuing Education is the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field, and it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. What am I looking at? What the hell? Oh, I need to know more of the details. That's just some TikTok thing. That's just some. That's I need to know. Is that Johnny? Knoxville? Something about Johnny Knoxville yeah. suffering brain damage. Yeah. I just need to know more about the he's story. He's in the Royal I, Rumble. He is. Tomorrow. I'm very aware of that. I'm very excited for that actually. But I don't know he's if gonna he's going to eliminate somebody. It's going to happen. Sami Zayn. He's going to eliminate Sami Zayn. That's what he's going to do. All right. The Baltimore Ravens have hired a new defensive coordinator, former assistant head coach, and Michigan de- defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. This past season, the Ravens had the worst pass defense in the NFL for the second time in franchise history, allowing 4,742 passing yards, roughly 279 yards per game. Not both, great when you don't have any players, for the record. Uh, both numbers are the worst in franchise history by a wide margin. It certainly helps them wink Martindale packing. 
In the 26-season history of the Ravens, only five seasons have featured more than 3,700 passing yards allowed. Name the years? Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Including 2021. What are the other four seasons? Naming years is really difficult, bro. I'm old. They all run together, man. I'm going to guess 96 and 97, though. 96, yes. 97, no. 96 was the fourth highest. 98. No. You're, you're done with the 90s. Well, then, okay, then we're done for a little while because the, the defense was quite good for a little while after that. Um, oh, what was the year everybody got hurt? Was that 05? 05. It's a little surprising. Everybody got hurt. It was the other year everybody got hurt. There were a couple years everybody got hurt. There were like three years everybody got hurt. How about... Was one of them, one of them was 16. Was that a year everybody got hurt? No. 15? 15. 15. 15. 2015, right. 37, 37. Bro, I'm telling you, they all run together. They're all, especially when you start having kids, especially when you're like, they, nothing, it's over. Like, I can't tell you. I literally have to sit there and think about what year I got married, man. I, like, I really have to think about it. I can tell you that the other two were winning seasons, and one of them was a playoff season. One of them was a playoff season. 14? 2014, yeah. 39, It was more of an Third offensive, highest. more of an offensive thing. Um, second highest, excuse me. Another winning season where they didn't make the playoffs. There were only a few of those. So, oh, oh, four? No. It was a year where they went nine and seven and they missed the playoffs. Yeah. Would that have been? Oh, the the year of the Bengals thing. Yeah. What year was that? That was 2017. No. The year of the Steelers thing then. Yes. Which we, I, don't, I just don't 20, remember. 2016. 2016. It was 2016. Okay. 3,724. Is that it? Is that the list? Yes, All that's right. the list. I hate year ones. I really hate year. I don't. Yeah. I, it's very difficult for me to remember. Whenever I, they play guess the year at the ballpark, I'm like. Oh, I'm so good at that. Well, they like give three years that are all three in a row. I'm like, hey, yeah, it could be any of those. Literally any of those years. They're like, was it 1994, 95, or 96? And I'm like, how What I year s- was the World Series canceled? 94, well, that's easy. It's easy to remember like something like that. But it would be something more generic. Like, this was the year where Friends first aired. And I'm like, what the? How am I supposed to remember? I know 94. generically when it was. How would you know that? How in the world would you know which year generically? That is, I, I've told you this before. That is all that my wife watches. That's fine. I, I, that's fine. My wife is into all that. I couldn't tell you what year a Harry Potter movie came out. I couldn't tell you any of those things. That's how do you differentiate a year from another year? You just say, I hate it when it's a trivia. Normally in trivia, though, they'll give you like a, like a you can have, you'd be off by a year one way or the other. What? Because it really is 94? Yeah. yeah, of course it is. Of course. He just knows that. He just knows that. It's a bizarre-ass thing to know. That's some wisdom right there. That's more wisdom than DJ Alcoholics or well, whatever They had 10 seasons, and the last, se- last episode was in 2004. It's, yeah, that's simple, man. I don't. How do you remember what year the last one was? What is the thing that makes you remember that that was two thousand? I don't know. I'm also really good at six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I remember things. This is I, like there are certain things that I remember before I had kids. Like I'm telling you, I could do. I remember John Harbaugh was 08, right? And so I can I can almost remember exactly how the Ravens were departed from the playoffs every year leading up to the play to winning the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Then in 2014, I got married. In 2015, I had a kid. And it's all, like, it's over. It's just over. It's so hard. There has to be something very significant about that year for me to remember specifically what happened in that year. Like, if you said, Glenn, name some things from 1999, I would say, 
<laughs> Crazy Town Butterfly. Was it 99? I believe it if was. If you say so, I'd be choosing to believe you. I remember uh, we all freaked out about Y2K. That's about the list of things that I remember about 1999. Never, never been kissed. Was, was, how do you... What the F is that? It's the most random Drew Barrymore movie of all time. Because I, I remember... I remember specifically thinking in 1999, this is like the coolest summer I've ever had. And we went to, I went to see that movie with my stepbrother and Why did that make girlfriend. it the coolest summer? That, 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 was, that was just part of that summer. That wasn't part of why it was cool. I just remember doing it that summer. But it was an awesome summer. I did a ton of stuff that summer. I got a lot of questions, dog. <laughs> I got a lot of questions about the memory that you have of the film dude, Never my, Been Kissed. Dude, you, you don't want to open I got the Pandora's box questions, that, that is my brain. I got lot so much random ass stuff up there, man. The shameful part is that I definitely remember going to see that movie with the girl that I was dating at the time. Like, I... I... I, 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 I so, so, to I've be perfect... I've taken my headphones off a lot during the show because I've been flabbergasted. I saw so that movie I need to get air. with some people, including... My crush at the time, ah, who Julia Gulia, Julia Gulia, yeah. and she never gave me the time. I mean, she, we were friends, but she wouldn't give me the time of day romantically. Oh. but it was just she and I on the ride home. Did you have like a else. moment. You admitted, and, and, and you admitted I, and I to her. Like, You're like, I've always been in love with you, and she's like, I'm just, You're no, just, just a, but but it was just, oh baby. Like, she was super nice to me, and I thought maybe she was interested in that. So that night stood out to me. She wasn't. We did have a romantic tryst. Oh, um, a tryst later on in I life. I do enjoy a good tryst. Later on in life, big fan of trysts. At the time, she had no. It was. You know, my favorite kind of cracker is trist kit. Trist, my favorite kind of cracker is a, a trist kit. I I can't believe that a human being remembers what year the motion picture "Never Been Kissed" came out. That is that is startling. That is really really startling, man. I like got, a, I got any, a weird brain. I bet man. Drew Barrymore doesn't remember that. I bet if oh, you said, "Hey, no Drew, way. you remember what year Never Been Kissed" came out?" and she was like, "I, I d- was I in that." <laughs> And by the way, Drew Barrymore, uh, Never Been Kissed came out on April 9th, 1999. You have a problem. You have a problem, sir. Seek help. All right? Seek help. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox. It's our best of issue. It's got Justin Tucker on the cover. He's our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. Pick that up right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and in the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all. Pressboxonline.com slash of. Uh, as far as stuff that matters, tonight the women's final, Danielle Collins, Ashley Barty. It's at 3.30 a.m. On, on ESPN. Tomorrow night the men's final, it's uh, Daniil Medvedev and Rafael Nadal, 3.30 a.m. going into Sunday morning. Uh, college hoops this weekend. Tomorrow on Fox, Maryland and Indiana at 2.30. Coppin State's at home at 4 against uh, UMES on Next Level Sports, which apparently is something you can see on your TV somehow. I don't know what it is. ESPN 3, UMBC's at Binghamton at 2. Towson hosting Drexel at 2. I'm planning to go to the game as long as they're able to play it, just as long as it's an option. Morgan's at home as well tomorrow at 4 against Delaware State, and uh, Navy hosts American tomorrow at 2. Um, on Sunday, of course, the championship games, the AFC title game, Bengals-Chiefs at 3 on CBS, NFC title game, 49ers-Rams at 6.30 on Fox, Loyola's at Bucknell Sunday night at 6 on CBS Sports Network, the Maryland women are at Penn State at 2 on Sunday on Big Ten Network+. Plus. There's another World Cup qualifier that, for whatever reason, they're airing at the exact same time as the football game because that makes sense Sunday, 3 o'clock, USA, Canada on Paramount Plus, or if you want to watch it on TV, Telemundo will show it in Spanish. And that's how I watched the last time that they put it on Paramount Plus, and I enjoyed it a great deal, actually. Uh, the Royal Rumble, as Paul mentioned, is Saturday night on Peacock at 8 o'clock. New episode of Jobbing Out available right now wherever you get your podcasts. 
non-sports wise. All right, so I'm only saying this because it's weird. Uh, on f- tonight on A and E, the Janet Jackson documentary Part One airs at eight o'clock. But at the same time, on Lifetime, the Janet Jackson documentary Part Two. A big ja- everybody's going deep on Janet Jackson, man. Everybody's I, I, really I, diving that, in. Like the song "We Go Deep" by Janet Jackson. That's exactly. You know what? That's not bad. Well done. Good pull. Um, but. Part one and part two air what's at the, the same time on, on different baby? channels. Let's so maybe get away. What's that song? What's that song? What's that called? It's one of my that's favorites. Ice, that's Escapade. Escapade. That's the one. That's a jam and a half from yeah, Janet Jackson. It's a good one. That was one of, I think that was like her first hit uh, in the 80s. I think that's right. I think you're right. It was um, a Jimmy Jam song. Yeah, that song was wonderful. Um, but yeah, but part one and part two air at the same time, but on different networks. Uh, tomorrow night, you have Saturday Night Live starring Willem Dafoe and Katy Perry on NBC. The Great Chocolate Showdown on the CW at never, 8 o'clock. Never, never missed it. And on A&E, Janet Jackson documentary. Part God, three. they're really going deep on Janet Jackson. <laughs> I think a lot of people have. Um, oh, Jesus, dude. No, no, don't. Strike that from the record. Not okay. Not I'm okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. Not okay. Was, I, I couldn't help myself. No. Uh, on AMC, The Walking Dead Origins, Negan's Story at 9 o'clock. And then on HBO, Euphoria at 9. The Righteous Gemstones at 10. Somebody somewhere 1035 and paramount plus has 1883 episode six is there no gemstones this weekend i said righteous gemstones oh, did you? Right, at 10 o'clock. that's on me on me then all right the other one's on you that's not okay all right now Sorry. uh thanks today to bruce billick from FanDuel. thanks also today to um jim Nagy from the senior bowl as well as john jansen who told us a little bit more about mike mcdonald we'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com on the bat around tomorrow 10 to noon uh, Stan's going to be on for his, his uh, weekly segment, and we're going to have Kyle Glazer from Baseball America talking about the Orioles' uh, top 100 prospects. Very good. Uh, all right, both of you, social media. Jordan, you start. Instagram, jschwartzberg1, and Twitter, schwartzbergjs. All right, and Cassidy, your social media. Instagram, Cassidy underscore Elizabeth22, and then Twitter, CassidyButler5. Very good. I'm at Glenn Clark Radio. Paul's at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us there. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Oh, you no, know remember, I'm off on Monday. KZ will be here. Um, and looking forward to that. KZ and Paul will be hanging out with you Monday. And then I'll be back with you on Tuesday. We're going to do our uh, College Lacrosse preview on Tuesday. So looking forward to that as well. Have a great weekend. Um, I don't really care about the football games. Whoever wins, wins. Go people that I bet on. Uh, do that. And then uh, go all the local college hoops teams. Duke sucks. Ohio State, su- Ohio State sucks too. 